1: Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam, raised by Earl, Oliver, one. Nolan, he got All right. and Hakeem, molded by the magnificent roller coaster ride that is Houston sports. Chill H-town for the only homegrown afternoon team is talking your teams. Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-Team.
2: Back here with you another day here on the A-Team. And, of course, plenty to discuss. We are fully into spring training. Can't wait to get there as a station. The Astros can't wait to all get there. But plenty of, oh, my God, this player's here early. This player's thin. This player's going to get extended, maybe. And this player did get extended. And we can't wait to talk about it. The press conference for Christian Javier, uh, meet and greets with the others that got into the clubhouse for the first time and in front of the first pitchers and catchers on the field at West Palm Beach FLA as they uh, hope that some of the brand new signage there that the Nationals have to look at will need to be augmented again in a few short months said 2017 World Series champions 2017 World Champs now it says 2022 World Series champs, world champs. In addition to that, all over the area, their area, it's a split uh, complex. They have it along with the Nationals. I mean, almost all of the last few championships have gone to those two teams. Three of them in the last six years, as a matter of fact. But, of course, two to the good team and one to the team that's one of the worst in baseball. That's the Nationals. (laughs) We are looking forward to adding that to the conversation. Tiger Woods is competing as a professional golfer. As we speak for the first time in a long time. And we probably will be talking about a new home for one of the key parts of the NFL's world champions. In the next couple of hours, if not today, then sometime tomorrow um, all that stuff leads us into the upcoming season. Some interesting thoughts from the architect of the Texans, not the head coach, but the architect, the general manager, uh, Nick Casario. Share a little bit of what uh, some of his thoughts are the first few days working alongside D'Amico Ryans, working to prepare to make the announcement of here are the coaches that will be working alongside of D'Amico, and what do they need to do to get prepared for the combine? What are their uh, goals there? What do they need to do to prepare for the rest of the offseason as it leads into the April draft? Remember, we're focused on the April draft for the foundation of the team. It's about a month from now when the season, the new league year, begins and all the people and free agents that they weren't supposed to talk to, they will have already talked to so they can immediately sign players uh, right when uh, the new league year starts. So all that on the table for them, and of course for us. The Astros aren't the only ones, clearly, that have gotten it all started in either Arizona or in FLA. So we definitely have some interesting comments from a couple of other people. Pitchers, as a matter of fact, go figure. Those are the ones officially at camp. Uh, and they have a little bit to do with the Astros in both cases Uh, One from the American League side, a team chasing the Astros and failing a lot. I think you can figure that one out. And a team that's chasing everybody in the National League, but is among the teams that most years recently thinks they have a chance. And why what one of them said, again, has to do with the Houston Astros all on our plates to scarf down over the next two and a half hours and change. Well, and there's still approximately uh,
3: 23 and change hours I suppose that we could book an interview this week with Evan Drelick to talk about his book. Because ah. he was supposed to come out on Tuesday and still hasn't gotten back to me. Yeah,
2: I could really give about that. Oh, no, come on.
3: Like, I get where you're coming from, but like, people I think would at least like to hear him on this show, given what's happened. And right,
2: but for me, it's not a daily. Edge of my seat, panting, frothing oh, at the mouth. I'm not dead. I'm not edging my seat,
3: but when you tell me you're going to come on the show at four o'clock on Tuesday and then somebody from your camp calls and says, ah, oh, we couldn't do it today, but we'll get back with you by the end of the week. It's definitely happening this week and I haven't heard from anybody in two days. It's annoying. It's absolutely annoying. And it's just, I think about it more because they are at camp and they are, um, you know, trying to defend this crown ready to reign, if you will are the Houston Astros, which again, the number is continuing to dwindle. Of the amount of players who were actually on the 2017 team, it's like, what is it, three now? That are at spring training? Because Yuli didn't, he's obviously not back with the club as of right now and probably won't be. So it's down to two. Two players from 2017. Are we doing this still? Because I think people are. So um, And by the way, speaking of that, Justin Verlander posting a picture of himself in Mets gear and saying it's like the first day at a new school. And I think I saw somebody react to it and be like, wow, it's officially official. It's really starting to set in now. That set in to me like after the World Series when I saw him on the field and I got him to say, good morning,
2: Houston, before he ran away. I haven't had a chance to put it all together yet, but uh, soon my TikTok followers will see me pluck the video the Mets posted mm-hmm. of him walking out of the clubhouse doors and his baseball pants, his Mets t-shirt, his glove, his hat, ready to go, give a nod to the media, and take about 10 steps and turn back around and go back inside. I will pilfer that video, post it on my TikTok, pilfer, and add a, great word. add a caption that says, whoops, looks like I'm in the wrong place. Why did I sign here? But I haven't done that yet.
3: I, in all seriousness no. like he's they're going to be good he's going to be good but like do you anticipate the inevitable New York Mets colossal failure this year like they really
2: should in, be In baseball I hardly ever think that I'm sorry it's just it's just too hard
3: I know and that's that's what normal people should say about the game of baseball but it's like they they should be right there with the Astros in my opinion I think they're a better team than the Yankees for example like why aren't more people is it because of that? Why aren't more people picking the Mets to do some serious damage this year? Is it because
2: of the injury thing that inevitably happens? I mean, maybe they just don't think what you said is true. I don't think they are. Really? I mean, why are they so awesome? Why are the Yankees so awesome? I mean, I, I don't know. They are every year. They're the second best team in the AL.
3: And the Mets were, uh, in large part, the one of the best teams in the NL for most of the season. Yeah, just they, like the
2: Yankees, they're just know? now arriving. They're just now getting there. And I personally think their offense is not very good. Basically, if if Pete Alonso doesn't hit 45 homers, I think they're sunk. I'm not saying their whole lineup is bad. Obviously, Lindor's there. They paid Nimmo. They've paid McNeil. It's not miserable, and the numbers back them up more than me, but they've got you know Verlander going to the National League for the first time, and again, it's not a huge deal anymore like it was before Noah was born. It's basically the same teams you see all year, and he still doesn't have to go up there and swing a bat because those rules are gone too. But I think they've made so many changes. Their staff is really, really good. But in a totally different way than the Yankee staff. Mm-hmm. They basically kept Scherzer. That's pretty much it. They they took four really good, helpful pitchers in their rotation and shuffled them out for four new really good pitchers. And if they all perform as they have and, you know, someone's technically a rookie, uh, their import who has not pitched in the majors before, but has tremendous talent. If it works out, maybe he's even better than anyone thinks, but it's not necessarily guaranteed to work out. Again, he's never pitched in the majors. He's never pitched hardly at all against the competition level that he's going to see. We've seen plenty of them succeed. Most most of the pitchers uh, that have come over uh, that you would liken to him uh, have succeeded. So I'm expecting him to, but it's at what level? Is he a th- caliber third, fourth, fifth starter? Is he a front-end guy? We don't know. So I'm I'm a little more wait-and-see on them. There, there's nothing really to wait and see on the Yankees. It's They're going to win the division. They're going to win 95-plus games, and they're going to be in the playoffs.
3: And they're going to lose to the Astros.
2: That's true. So if your <laughs> reasoning is I like the Mets more because – yeah they can't lose to the Astros until they get to the World Series, then I'm with you. Because, yeah, they have a chance to go farther. Their their team that should get in their way is at least the Dodgers, probably the Braves, possibly the Padres. And that's, again, why I would rate the Mets' chances lower than the Yankees. The Yankees are better than everybody in the American League besides the Astros and maybe the Mariners. But the Mariners are much more of a wait-and-see. The Mets aren't better than the Dodgers. I don't think they're better than the Padres, and I think there's a real good chance they're not better than the Braves. So I would rate the team that's the second best in their league better than the team that's fourth best. It's just as simple as that. Just my opinion here. Six weeks out from the opener.
3: How much of your sports opinions come from your gut ever, as opposed to whole, cold, hard, analytical total, that facts? That is
2: total gut. I don't know what these guys yeah, are going to do over there. But I
3: don't think... No, I see, I disagree. I think...
2: I don't right. have any facts literally on their import because I don't have anything to look at. I'm not going to lie to you and say, man, I watched a lot of his work this past couple of <laughs> years overseas or what but he's going to do. I just don't have any idea.
3: Yeah, no, but that's not what I'm saying. And I'm not just talking about baseball, I'm talking about in general. I've noticed this about you. You, for the most part, because this is what you do, you say it on the show. Let's go to the numbers. If it, like, is there, is there ever a point where you're like, ah, the numbers are telling me this, but I just don't think that because my gut tells me the opposite or something different. Or is it always?
2: No, I do that all the time.
3: Analytical is, no, all the time. When's the last time you did it on something huge? I have no
2: idea. (laughs) Like when okay, probably this past year with the NFL. Okay, I know Travis Kelsey and Pat Mahomes are going to think I'm lying, but I I actually thought they were going to be good this year. I actually thought the losing Tyreek Hill, adding three quality veteran receivers, keeping TK, and stop calling him that, having three interchangeable running backs, completely reshuffling the deck at the offensive line, which now makes Patrick Mahomes' job easier, not harder. I mean. Ty Hill was bailing them out. Their offensive line is now in place to where they don't need as many bailouts. Right. So my gut was telling me, stop with the they're going away because Tyreek Hill is a dolphin. Nonsense. That's what my gut is telling me. It turned out my gut was right.
3: That's probably just indigestion. All right, the eighteen continues on a Thursday edition of the program. We have tickets to give away, as we have all week. Also... There's a an NFL running back that's in very, very big trouble. We kind of figured he would be, but it's official today. We'll tell you about that and a whole lot more as we continue here up until 6 o'clock. Oh, yeah, the uh, Rockets lost again, and they're very, very, very bad. It's probably a good thing that the All-Star break is here. It's also a good thing if you are looking to have some fun, if you check out Kushata Casino Resort. And not just the resort itself, although there's tons to get to. Uh, inside the casino there, the res sports book that we've told you about for years, the two hotels to choose from, everything else from an amenity standpoint, and the people watching is absolutely fantastic. We know that firsthand. But how about Cassati Pines? The golf course there at Cushata Casino Resort in Kinder, Louisiana has been making a name for itself as a premier golf destination. It's the number one ranked golf course by Golf Advisor in the state, and it's the 18th best course in the country. Those are lofty uh, accolades, if you will, but they're wanting you to see for yourself. Come out to Kinder, Louisiana, come out to Cushada, and take part in everything we just
2: mentioned, but also make some time to swing those clubs. Definitely want to do that. It is an awesome site. It's a great place to play, Uh, and obviously the pros are doing the same. Uh, the Nota Begay Championship there this past year, upcoming within a month now from the Cushada Casino Championship Tournament. It's part of the APT, the All-Pro Tour. Uh, that'll be there on site, so you can play the same course the pros play. Dynamic 18-hole course, of course. Uh, multiple approaches for three of the holes, par three, island green. It's awesome. Everything about Cushada that we always tell you about fits that same description. Awesome stuff. Uh, great uh, gaming floor, as big as you could want. Biggest in the Lake Charles area. Slots and table games, live poker, so they've got an awesome uh, poker setup and tournaments going on. Check them out online so you can get all the information on Cassati Pines, uh, the resort itself, the res Sportsbook, and making plans for your weekend at Cushada. It's com.
3: I saw a graphic today that someone made about the um, rules changes in Major League Baseball. And I thought to myself, Self, before I get all up in arms about this, is it really doing what the graphic says it intends to do? MLB's new rules in 2023, what fans said they want. Better pace of play, more balls in play, plus action on the bases. Is that what fans really want, in your opinion? Is that... Like in other words, the game a more
2: entertaining, faster game. I would think so.
3: But that how does that make it necessarily more entertaining?
4: Just because it's there's more prime.
3: scoring? It
2: didn't say scoring. It's that activity.
3: Yeah, but Less activity boring. activity means scoring.
2: I, I mean, yeah, yes, and no. I mean, if you're, no, had,
3: it's okay if you want to disagree.
2: I do disagree. Activity is literal. It means activity. It Doesn't mean scoring runs. It means there's more stuff going on in the inning. There's there's not these periods of nothing happening because there just isn't. Well. More balls in play plus action on the bases, to me, if you want to call it activity,
3: means there were people on base in this in those scenarios versus people not being on base. And then if there's people on base, there's a better chance that they come home, which means more scoring. So that's what you're saying. I'm not saying that. Sorry. So, well, somebody apparently is. I mean, it's just like, I don't know what was so wrong with the elements of the game that they made these changes to. Um The shift restrictions is something that I think we all, I mean, the bigger bases and the pitch timer, those are okay, fine. If you, if you have to do that, I, I, I'm not like, it's not awful, but I don't look at that the same way as I do, you know, shift restrictions and especially, you know, gifting a runner on second base. Those are two things that are like, one of them is just like, it, it feels like a gimmick. And the other one feels like, well, Teams got really good defensively, and we don't like it. So it's just it's like hand checking in the NBA, only it's much more egregious. When they took away hand checking in the NBA, they opened up the gate for today's offense. Basically, there is no defense played whatsoever in the NBA this season. Agree, for the most part, there is no defense play. In that's why we talk about things like LeBron not you know never being able to do um, what he does in today's game. Steph Curry, guys like that, that are just exclusively offensive guys in curry's case it's also new
2: what hand checking no that's, or not hand checking well that's super old and not relevant to what you're talking about it is relevant it's it a isn't. similar the, thing the scoring that's happening now wasn't happening two years ago you're three years ago away four years a ago five major years ago.
3: defensive element it's absolutely the
2: same yeah, thing. when did they take it away who the nba or major league baseball the, the nba years ago Right, so it's not relevant to what's happening today because it wasn't gone last year, it's, the year before, it's the year, a year comparison, before. Comparison, Wex. It's very All right. Here's here. what I'm saying: offenses are out of control this year. Uh huh. Not out of control last year, the year before, the year before, the year before. That's not a result of hand checking.
3: No, they were. That's not true. They they are absolutely scoring more post. I'm not going to let you hand check than they did before. That's why you had games in the NBA Finals that were like 89 to 84, and you have not that anymore.
2: Okay, but that's not. Okay, I, I don't know. I'm not just. This is not what I don't know what you're saying. You're taking That's 30 years. I ago. know
3: because you never let me say it. I'm trying to explain it. Like if you're taking away a serious element of defense for teams like the Astros and others because you want scoring to go up. It's the same thing the NBA did. You took away a
2: serious element of defense because you wanted scoring to go up. What's so hard about understanding that? Uh, because we don't know what it's going to do, but that's the assumption in Major League Baseball. Scoring obviously went up in the NBA from the scores you mentioned in the uh, O.J. Simpson finals days, but they didn't get to where they are today. This is brand new. These one hundred and forty brand new it has nothing to do with. It's handshake. not true.
3: In the uh, in the nineteen seventies, they did it all the time. They were called the Denver Nuggets
2: it's just it's out of control now it didn't it didn't get out of control until like literally this year last year we saw a handful of these games like what's going on mm-hmm. now we see them every night it, it what it's actually done is created more blowouts more uninteresting games more 20 point defeats ironically so and we're obviously familiar with that had another one last night that was the biggest Gosh. loss of the season My for the rockets and gracious. so yes technically you're right i don't think it's it, if you have you know these innings where blank team we'll call them the yankees they go up there and two, three, fours coming up. Mm-hmm. And when Aaron Boone doesn't bat uh, Arson Judge first, then he's up that inning.
3: I love that we're always going to call well, What
2: him does that. he do? Well, he strikes out. Then what does Stanton do? Well, he strikes out. Well, what does Rizzo do? I mean, he takes an eight-pitch walk. Right. And then the next guy grounds out. I mean, there's, there's no activity there. So, unfortunately, I don't know that these rules will definitely change that. Because what's actually changed in Major League Baseball is what teams are doing to develop their talent. This guy does this on you know with with his swing. Let's augment what he does, and you know if he's going to hit twenty homers, well, we don't want that. We want forty homers. So we're going to tell you to do this. These are the pitches you're going to swing at. This is the plane of your swing. This is what you need to work on. This is going to get you on our ball club. But but, sir, I'm going to strike out a bunch. We don't care. We don't care. Yeah. Major League Baseball is trying to figure out a way to fix that on a grand scale because they can't. All right, guys, uh, it's day three of spring training. This is John Bookworm. He's from the Major League Baseball office, and he wants to talk to you about how we're supposed to play the game. They can't do that. They can't go tell the Red Sox what to do. They can't go tell the Marlins what to do. They can tell the league to follow these rules, but they can't, can't tell players what pitches to swing at, to swing for the fences, to move runners along, to hit behind runners. They can't tell them that. They can only try to overcome what has changed in the game. And... To me, all of these things pale, I think, guessing, to what the shift is going to do. Uh, bigger bases, speed of play, all that stuff, they might help your enjoyment of a game, but the thing that's going to put more activity on the base pass, and ultimately to what you said, scoring more runs, is that guys are going to hit baseballs where people aren't standing. Right. And that's what's going to change more than anything else if the intention follows through now. We know that players have to stand in a certain place when the pitch is thrown, but they can also move not long after. Now it doesn't take long for the pitch to get to home plate, so there's not much time to get there. But where you would have put Jeremy Pena before is almost ultimately where he could be still, as long as he gets there in time. And it's going to be tiring, I'm sure, for these shortstops or second baseman on the opposite shift or third baseman, and where they're. It's just something they'll get used to, and then we'll find out who can really play. Like, can Michael Brantley really take advantage of this? Can Kyle Tucker really take advantage of this? And other players, mostly lefties, that I think are going to be the ones that benefit from from it the most. And it's not a coincidence that we mentioned Brantley and Tucker. I mean, there's plenty of good left-handed hitters in baseball. I I do think the Astros have two of maybe the ten best, so they might benefit more than any other team in baseball. This could be awesome. No, Kyle
3: Tucker, I think, is absolutely the the first name that comes to mind when you talk about benefiting from these rules. So it's not as if I just pointed the Astros out because they've been pointed out prior to this as being, um, you know, one of the most foremost uh, thinking defensive clubs from an analytical standpoint and placement, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it
2: was like ridiculous. Yeah, because see. they employ all the twenty year old polo and dungarees. Is that what they call them? No, they call them slacks. <laughs> Oh, oh. Wears, I wears. not know
3: where you're, where you're going there for a second. No, that's from that's sign stealing. That's a completely different situation. No,
2: it's using analytics. Oh, sign okay. stealing is, you know, in, analytics. We get confused by this word because we're so stupid. Analytics, what does it mean? It means you have information. I thought it meant numbers. Yes, information. Well, information can be other things. Tendencies and such. Yeah, info. Yeah, but it's not numbers. You're right. It's information. Analytics are tendencies. It's all that stuff. You have the information. That's why Jose Altuve tells, if you will. stands 200 feet from home plate right in front of Kyle Tucker. Because dumb, dumb Yankee is going to hit it there. And then you can throw him out at first. He's not a Yankee anymore. Uh, I don't even remember which left Joey Gallo. It? Chase Headley. I think, was the oh, guy in okay. the 2017 that kept hitting into the shift.
3: Has anybody ever like actually gone back and looked at the Yankees lineup for Game 7 of the ALCS, for example? Greg Bird was starting for them. Like, they sucked. Who was the guy that uh, that hit the top of the dugout with a bat repeatedly? Red Ass Gardner. Yeah, that's his name. Red Ass Gardner. Hate that guy, too. Is he back this year? Uh, not yet. He wasn't back last year. Oh, that's right. I, I get them all. I mean, I get their underwhelming lineup. They all run together with all of the losses to the Astros in the postseason. My bad. Um, so, anyway, I just, like, it's... These rules changes, and again, uh, I'll I'll give you some audio when we come back. Someone dared uh, somebody that was sitting next to Commissioner Rob Manfred at a sporting event. Just dare, double dare, triple dog dare, triple dog dared him. Hey, read the first Reddit comment, like you scream it at the commissioner. I triple dog dare you, and he did it. I'm here for that. You'll hear. What that sounded like. I wish you could see his reaction, but just hearing it's going to be enough. We'll do that when we come back next here on the A-Team. You know who's not going to be screaming at you? Your wife, your significant other, whatever. was When you get rid of the debt that is making you drown right now, it's not allowing you to do things that you want to do with your money. Why don't you consolidate that debt by getting in touch with the fantastic people over at Primeway Federal Credit Union. Don't drown in debt, turn your debt around and allow Primeway to give you solutions to your financial problems if you have any sort of debt. And it might be small, but it's nagging and you don't wanna make that $100 payment every month. You don't wanna make that $500 payment every month. Whatever it is, you want to get rid of that debt? You want to consolidate all of your debt and you want to do so with low introductory and get that consolidation into one low monthly payment? Primeway Federal Credit Union is here to help you help you do just that. If you've got debt from maybe the holidays, you ran up some credit cards or maybe just credit cards in general or maybe you had an unexpected expense or an issue that came up, and you had to get into some debt. You want to get rid of it. Consolidate it with Primeway. Vow to be debt-free here in 2023, or at least get on the road.
5: Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place
3: you've
0: gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office.
5: More than once, actually.
0: Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes.
5: Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
0: I never win and tell.
5: Well, there you have it. You could get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation?
3: to being debt-free this year. Eliminate that stress that comes with the debt and lock in your rate today. And all you got to do is visit their website to do just that, primewayfcu.com. That's primewayfcu.com. So I'm going to preface this by letting you know that this was audio from November 3rd. Still doesn't matter. The reason this came up, this audio, this video really, of uh, Rob Manfred at the World Series was because Manfred's at it again. And in one of the articles about this, it describes him, it says, Rob Manfred, the worst commissioner in all of professional sports has once again managed to infuriate baseball fans. Let's just stop right there. There's not really any good commissioners, right? Can we all agree on that? I don't. I think Adam Silver's kind of, well, I think he's kind of weak. I think that Roger Goodell is just a walking PR disaster, and some of it's not even his fault because he's just working with what he's given from the standpoint of he's the commissioner of a league that is very violent, has concussion issues that are never fully going to be able to be addressed because it's a violent game, and he's there left to shovel the you-know-what,
2: because that's what commissioners do. I think our officiating is the best it's ever been. He doesn't have to say that, but he chooses to. That's the other thing, exactly. He says, I'm not
3: absolving him, believe me. And then, I don't really, like, I know that Gary Bettman is just in general not a great, well-liked commissioner, um, but I don't follow hockey enough to really give an educated opinion on that. I I just stick to the big three when it comes to things like this. Rob Manford is like far and away worse than either of those other two I mentioned um, in the NBA and uh, in the NFL. So the latest thing is the fact that he was talking to the media um, at the Arizona Biltmore on Wednesday, spring training cactus league media day. He tried and failed to address one of Major League Baseball fans' biggest complaints. Do you know what I'm going to talk about before I even say this, or can I let you guess if you don't know? Because, like, what's the... I hear this a lot, actually, here, and I hear it, you know, from fans everywhere. The blackout rules. Uh, Diamond Sports Group, a subsidiary of Sinclair, and the company that owns Bally's 19 regional sports networks, is going bankrupt. 14 Major League Baseball teams earn significant revenue from their regional sports contracts with that group. These regional sports networks have been made the scapegoats for years when it comes to games getting blacked out. So Rob Manfred was asked, if they go away, will that finally lift Major League Baseball's terrible blackout restrictions? And he said, I think in the last couple of years, if you had this, say, give me one word that's central baseball's number one priority, that word would be reach. And you know, blackouts are the kind of opposite side of the coin of each. We need to deliver product to the fans who want to watch on platforms that they customarily use at a realistic price. That is our number one priority. Agree or disagree with
2: him? I don't think there's much to... I don't know. What's to disagree with?
3: Well, last year, in addition to MLB.tv... The regional networks, MLB Network, MLB Extra Innings, and ESPN, uh, Major League Baseball, of course, and we talked about this yesterday, added Apple TV Plus to its never-ending list of platforms on which fans can watch a game. But never mind the fact that pretty much no one has access to all of those platforms or wants to have it. Um Essentially, fans are saying you're making it hard for us to watch games. You're making it even harder to watch so
2: games. he's saying that we want to give him all the games we can is what he's saying. But what he's doing is helping the owners make tons and tons of money when these streaming services like Apple TV say we'll give you X enormous amount of dollars if you'll give us a couple of your games, which now only the people that have access to us can see. So he's making tons and tons of money while limiting the reach by a tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Like how many games were on Apple TV Plus per thirty Team. baseball teams? Like Two, the Astros one. had like no, no, they had more than that, didn't they? The Astros did. Oh, I see. What how you're many saying. did the Marlins have? How many did the Rangers have? So it, it's just such a small, small percentage. It does take a couple games away, and your diehard fans who you know tell me they don't call us and say, "Where's the game?" I'm trying to listen on the nights where we've you know. <laughs> Had to move it to you know, one of our sister stations or brother stations or cousin stations. They want to know where the game is. Uh, same with the Rockets, vice versa. Uh, they do care. There are fans. One game? Yeah, that matters to me. So there's both sides of it for sure. It's pretty impossible to say no. Apple TV Plus, we'd rather not do this, especially when I think most leagues are ready to just keep moving forward with streaming. Same thing with the Amazon Prime in the NFL. If you're in the local market, no problem. If the Jaguars are playing the Texans, people in Jacksonville and people in Houston and their surrounding market, they can watch the game. But if you're anywhere else in the country and you love the NFL and it's Thursday night and you like paying for your shipping, then you probably don't have Amazon Prime and you're not watching the and game. you
5: like paying for your shipping. That's what
2: Amazon Prime gets you, right? Free shipping? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. As so, long as it's a prime item. Right. That number of people. And it's a huge. This is a huge number in the NFL. You love the NFL. I'm watching games all day Sunday. I'm watching games Monday night. I'm watching games Thursday. No, you're not. Mm -hmm. This year they were taken away. But again, two out of 30. 28 of the 30 markets can't get those games over the air. They can only get them through a subscription service. And DirecTV now moving in that direction away from, I should say, Sunday Ticket, moving away from DirecTV, ultimately will be the same thing. The league is banking on, well, people are going to subscribe. They're going to say, I'm not living without this. If I have to pay for it, then that's how I'm going to have to do it. Or if, you know, over the air is moving more to a streaming platform, if games are ending up on Paramount Plus or CBS or whatever it is, the same thing will happen. There's definitely an element of both sides on the Manfred thing. Because they they are taking some games away. They have 162 of them. You know, even the TV partners don't usually sign up for 162 games. They get 148, 150, 154, and then the other games obviously are nationally televised. So there's a way to watch them. And again, even that we kind of just oh, it's on ESPN. Big deal. That is still a it's subscription. A yeah, it no, is it. a. It's not over the air. It is a cable product that you either need to stream or. Through cable. And, and
3: assuming that fans are going to subscribe to whatever just because they love it so much is dumb, especially with the economy the way it is right now. Like if you've, if you're paying extra for this, that, and the other, well, maybe that subscription to, like my dad did this all the time. My dad and mom could not care less about sports. I didn't start really watching sports until I was like 11 or 12 because of that. It just wasn't something that they prioritized and therefore, I can't tell you how many Rockets home games during Hakeem's prime I didn't see
2: because I didn't have HSE. Yeah, the one thing, and I can't, I can't go to the numbers on this, but I, I believe it to be true. Comparing the three, NBA.com, NFL.com, MLB.com, mm-hmm. MLB has monetized their product a billion times better than the others. They have turned that into a money-making part of their business, much, much more so than the other two and the nfl has some things that they've done with their game pass and they've augmented it every year but the product that they offer I mean there's 82 games a season or there's 17 games a season or there's 162 games a season and the ability to go watch all these games through mlb.tv and even just other online they have they've done a better job than anybody else monetizing it and so i think they kind of view this as a much broader question than as simple as the blackout rules but it does seem like we're past that. Like, it's 2023. I'd like to watch the game. Well, Why are you blacking it out? Exactly.
3: And uh, going back to the World Series to wrap this thing up, uh, Manfred was—this is in Philly. This was back on November 3rd. Someone on baseball Reddit was seated near him at the World Series game and agreed to scream the top comment from the thread at him. And they delivered.
4: You
3: <laughs> if you want the youth, end the blackouts, dumbass. If you want the youth. Did he say youth or views? That's the only thing I have in question. If you want the youth. Or he, says, you, he says youth. That's what I thought. If you want the youth. In other words, if you want young fans to start embracing your game. End the blackouts, dumbass. And it's great to see Rob Manfred just look back the other way yeah
2: they hard. don't ever answer that question with what they the ammunition they supposedly have why don't you end them what what's the benefit where are you still benefiting from this how is this helping your product your exclusivity what is it that you're still sitting on and i'm sure they have an answer I just what is it that still in their minds rings true because it sure sounds like the other way is better and yeah. not financially awful for major league baseball
3: I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure they'll find a way to screw it up, no matter which way they go.
2: We got all the games here on Sports Talk 790. Don't fret.
3: Exactly. All right. um, There is another big television name that is being linked to some NFL coaching positions. We'll tell you who that is when we come back here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. Right now, got to tell you about the window source of Houston. If you want no payments for 24 months... You can start a project, not have to pay for two years, buy now, pay later, however you want to phrase it. 24 months, no payments, zero down, 0% interest. That's one way you can go, thanks to Windows Source of Houston. The other way, $150 off each window. They're giving you two different offers to choose from at the Windows Source of Houston, but what they're really giving you, WEX, and we know this because we went out there to meet the ownership and the entire group out there, they're giving you... The business that's been around for a long, long time with a great reputation. It's one thing to have uh, a, a business that's been there doing something that is so necessary here in Texas, like installing windows. But to have that kind of reputation after that length of time being around, that's the key here.
2: Absolutely. Nearly 30 years of what you're talking about with David Millette, the owner, and all the great people that uh, we had a chance to meet when we went over to uh, Windows Source of Houston. Uh, got a chance to sit down and get an even better understanding of everything that they can do. And, man, it is exactly what you should be looking for when it's time to make that change and save money on not only in the installation, uh, the product, but... The money you're going to save on your bills, on your energy bills, because of the windows. that window source of Houston is going to put in your house. Their own installers, like Adam said, this business can handle it all for you. Not contracting it out to others uh, to, you know, increase that chain of lack of communication. No such thing with window source of Houston. Give them a call. or visit their site. See exactly what they are all about, windowsourcehouston.com. Take advantage of either of those great promotions going on right now, windowsourcehouston.com.
5: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW, Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: Couple of uh, NFL news and items of note, if you will. Um, how, do you, how would you assess Dan Orlovsky as far as being an analyst on ESPN? He's been there since 2017. I like him. I think he does a good job.
2: He likes to poke fun at himself when necessary, so he gets it. I think he has pretty good football acumen for a player uh, now turned analyst. I think he does a good job on TV, not just understanding the game, which he clearly does, but how to convey it. I think he, Brian Clark, are two of the best, and they do a lot of their work together. But, yeah, I think he's good. Here's why I bring that up. What do
3: we always talk about whenever uh, Josh McCown's name is brought up? Just the lack of experience, just completely ridiculous that he would be. Uh, and, again, he was being considered for a head coaching position the only one he was being considered for was here obviously but having not ever coached anywhere that's that's a big you know that's a big red flag if you will that an organization is thinking that uh Adam Schefter said it's not the first time likely it won't be the last Carolina and Indianapolis discussed prominent offensive coaching roles with ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky before he opted to remain at the network i'm assuming that at least means, I mean, if not offensive coordinator, but that's what it kind of feels like he's pointing to there. Like, Dan Orlovsky versus Josh McCown being given a, a position like that.
2: Could you see the difference? Or is it kind of the same thing? Brian Greasy getting a job. Lewis Riddick getting interviewed, even though he has background in a front office, so maybe he doesn't quite fit in the conversation. I think a lot of people just know him from TV, where he's freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. But he has... Front office background, having been a scout. Um, I, I don't, there's not too much difference because you're a little bit of this is guessing because he doesn't tell you what he's trying to tell you. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I wouldn't hire Josh McCown as my offensive coordinator, uh, considering what his background is. He's a player. I, I don't think Dan Orlovsky's background is much different because I can't tell you that Josh McCown hasn't been spending his time away from football for the last year because he's only been out of football for a year but who knows what he was doing the last eight years when he clearly wasn't going to play he could have been studying up to become a coach to become an offensive coach to become a who knows what dan at least does that from a television standpoint but it's it's a little bit more selective i need to look at this i need to do that he obviously does some videos on his own where he goes through coaches film with you and says here's what they were looking at here's why it should have happened." i don't really have much of an issue with any of these things if you're just looking to put them on the coaching staff in any position, QC, quarterback coach, passing game coordinator or offensive coordinator, but head coach is different. I mean, you're putting them in a charge of a lot when you're calling them the OC and they that's clearly what I was about
3: to say that's
1: closer to a head coaching. It position. is,
2: but I don't I don't have a huge issue with it. I don't think it's going to happen. And I think that to me, again, you and I breaking news, we're different. This reads to me like... Adam Schefter's doing him a solid. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I. I but, totally but not just doing him a solid, because he's not lying. But he made it sound as awesome as possible, even if it's not what you think. Prominent offensive coaching role. Well, he's never been a coach. Every role he could have is a prominent offensive coaching role.
3: Relative to his resume or lack thereof. If
2: he's the quarterback coach, that's a big deal. Brian yeah. Greasy got named quarterback coach straight out of the booth for the San Francisco 49ers. Last year was his first year as a coach of any kind. I feel like that's a prominent role, but if he was being interviewed for the offensive coordinator, someone not affiliated with Disney would have said so because that's the truth. If it were the truth here, and Ian Rappaport had the story, he would say it. Anybody would say it. It probably isn't the truth, but I can make Dan Orlovsky, who works with me, who might end up working somewhere else, sound as good as possible. It doesn't matter to the it NFL. No, the other I teams, agree. they're going to know the answer. They're not fooled by this. But his tweeple are
3: It does feel like it does feel like Adam Schefter's somewhat been bought and paid for long ago.
2: Well, it's not. I mean, of course he should break the story. It's one of the, their people. Yeah, but you but know what saying I mean? it the way he said it, I, I'm am I a skeptic? Am I a non-believer and, you know, real stuff? This sounds like he's trying to convince us that a team was interested or multiple teams were interested in making him their OC when my guess with no knowledge other than common sense was they were interviewing him to be on an offensive staff quarterback coach from the, the analyst desk. That's a pretty prominent role. Passing game coordinator, you know, assistant head coach, whatever it is, they're all prominent to me. But by calling it that, it just makes me think I'm going to do my buddy. my coworker a tweet solid and say it this way adam schefter
3: in 2023 versus adam schefter in even 2013 completely different um as far as what you get from him from a content standpoint there's so much more of this fluff that is associated with him now even if he is doing them so i get it i mean people get their people scratch each other's backs all the time in this business but I, I just feel like that's not something we would have necessarily seen from Adam Schefter's Twitter account 10 years ago. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was more like that than I'm
2: remembering. I mean, this should we shouldn't be doing any of this. We should be looking at, yeah, I think getting an interview, uh, the team, I think the team is doing their homework. I think this is a smart move for a team to want to talk to Dan Orlovsky. That's what we should be taking from this, but we don't. And it's because of who he is, what he's become, and how he wrote it. Like, this should be nothing but a, I yeah, that's good. Good for Dan. Good for the teams that are thinking, you know, somebody who's, you know, been a former player, clearly understands the game, has a pretty good understanding of offenses, what he sees is is accurate, and, you know, we'd love to sit down and talk with him about, you know, potentially moving forward in our organization, which ultimately is exactly what the Carolina Panthers did with Josh McCown, putting him on staff and put, assigning him to work with quarterbacks. It shouldn't be that big a deal. The Schefter angle and the Texans angle regarding McCown has turned like Josh McCown is hated by people and he hasn't done anything to help himself because he's like, what am I going to say? No, they want to make me the head coach, even though I totally don't deserve it. Should I should I say no kind of put in a ridiculous position? Would I would I personally me wex say no totally unqualified to run a football team? But I know a lot about football. I mean, I'd take the interview, too. I'd take it the next year also. And take the money if they decided on you. Of course I would. And yeah. I'd also like to succeed. i yeah. hire some good people around me.
3: That's always key. You
2: think I should throw a red flag here? I, don't, I really don't have any idea. I've never done this before. <laughs> should I throw it? What do you think?
3: Uh, all right. When we come back, let's get some updates on the Kyle Tucker situation. Because, hey, people are talking about it. And we'll hear from them when we come back. Are they any closer? To locking him up long term to a fifteen year, five zillion dollar deal. Okay, maybe those won't be the figures, but we'll give an update on that when we come back for the four o'clock hour next here on the A team. Want to tell you guys about Classic Chevy and Sugarland Classic Chevy Highway Six. Are you looking to get into a new vehicle? Are you looking to get into one that has the bow tie on the front of it? Well, if you are, you are absolutely in luck. If you are looking to get the best deal to get the best selection and to have options when it comes to the same ownership group that has more than one location. Classic Chevy and Sugarland, Classic Chevy Highway 6, that's where you want to go to get into that new vehicle. The GM Dealer of the Year now 12 years in a row would be the Sugarland location. The dealership open on Sundays when most dealerships are closed, that would be the Highway 6 location and they both have more inventory than anywhere else because that is what Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian want to have happen. They're the owners. They are going to show you what it means to relax and enjoy the difference. They're going to show you what it means to roll out the red carpet. And when you purchase a new vehicle from them, they are going to give you a lifetime engine guarantee, lifetime of car washes, and two years of free maintenance just for the convenience. That's how they do things. That's why they get those awards, and that's why they are the best in the biz. Classic Chevy in Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. Tell them Adam Clanton from Sports Talk 790 sent you into either location. Oh!
1: Two lifelong Houston sports guys named Adam, talking your teams. World Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A-team. A-team.
3: It is the A-Team here on Sports Talks 790 Hour, number two of three. Wex AC Noah with you on a Thursday edition of the show. Congratulations to America's closer, Ryan Presley, who is joining Team USA. MLB Fox Sports Twitter account with a nice graphic that's surely going to get loads of well-measured comments from the responses to it. When you call an Astro America's closer, even though it's technically very accurate, they're all going to probably call him a cheater, even though he wasn't on the 2017 team, because that's how it works these days. Uh, Astros, as we mentioned last hour, a lot going on as they get into their uh, routine of spring training and the fact that they, they made it official. Like they've already posted stuff on social media and whatnot, but um, to officially make it official and talk about the fact that Christian Javier has signed today, and all the individual pictures of him walking into camp there in Florida, uh, it feels good. It feels good. Was we were talking about that yesterday? The rotations around Major League Baseball, how you want to rank them, how you want to look at them. Um, the Astros did lose a Cy Young Award winner, and yet I don't think. There's probably any other team in Major League Baseball that could have suffered a loss like Justin Verlander to its rotation and would still be looked at as, oh, yeah, they're probably still going to be dominant. There, there's no doubt in my mind they're going to be a World Series contender, uh, on and on and on, however you want to phrase it. They, they just keep on rolling. And until otherwise noted, it, it can't go on forever. It's not normal that it already has gone on forever. Forever being like six years plus, but um, it's just good to see it, and it's like it cannot get here soon enough. Especially on a night like last night, where the Rockets just absolutely rolled over and died in the fourth or the first quarter, and the NFL season just wrapped up. Baseball cannot get here fast enough. And in that vein, Astros new general manager uh, Dana Brown talking about the fact that uh, certain. Certain members of the team should probably not uh, plan on playing anywhere else. They should probably retire as Astros. And if he stays to it, that's exactly what Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman, for example, should definitely do.
1: I just made it clear to them, you know, and there's some communication with Scott Boris, you know, because he has both players, uh, that, hey, you know what? These guys should
2: retire here, you know? They should be Houston's for life, man. Right? Because we think they value
1: their their abilities. We think Altuve has still got some uh, gas in the tank, you know. And and of course, you know, Bregman's he's still pretty good. So uh, we're, we're 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 trying to sustain the winning,
2: and it's gonna, it's just going to tell some guys we're going to get done sooner, and it's some guys we're going to have to wait. But we are constantly in communication to try to make sure that we get these players secured.
5: Like, I don't think that... It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, you void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. There's any
3: chance that Jose Altuve ever plays anywhere else. Like I guess at, at the age he's at, and what he's meant to the franchise and the fact that he already kind of, I mean, would you agree he's on a sweetheart deal, relatively speaking?
2: Yeah, they're they're definitely, I mean, he makes really good money. Yeah, no, he's not making chunk I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's quite super, super team-friendly, but the, the deal itself, you know, what he's making now is on the high end. It's at the end of the deal. But, but when, yeah, it was team-friendly overall, for sure.
3: But when he starts talking about Alex Bregman, yeah, he's pretty good. That's an understatement. Like, he's... <laughs> Bregman's awesome. And Bregman, to me, is poised to have his best season ever. I'm not just saying that because they are coming off a World Series. I'm not just saying, I'm saying it for a variety of reasons that really do back up a statement like that. Like, oh, I don't know, the fact that he's as healthy as he's been in probably four years, at least since 2018 when he was third in the MVP voting. I can't remember if it was third
2: or second. Um, He's finished second and fifth, I believe. Maybe, maybe second and third.
3: Like the guy's spectacular, and there's no reason to think he's not going to have another amazing season because there's no injuries from last season that are nagging, like the quad injury. At least he had injuries; he had issues going on, like pretty much half the lineup did, uh, going into Game Six last year against the Phillies. But um, he'll be out before you know it, and I, I don't, I don't know what to think about him. Like Kyle Tucker's another category altogether, but like. The chances of the Astros keeping Bregman when his deal is up.
2: Yeah, I don't think they even get to that point. That's kind of the purpose of what Dana Brown is saying he wants to get accomplished. I don't want him. I don't even want him playing in a last year of a contract. Because I don't want him to go anywhere. I want to sign him before he's teased, before he's courted, before he has the opportunity to leave. If he's always under contract, he can't go anywhere. So why don't they they address... Kyle Tucker the same way? Because they're in a totally different situation. Bregman's signed and they bought out his arbitration years. They've done what they're trying to do with Kyle Tucker. Yeah, but they didn't give him exorbitant money. It's good money. He's the highest paid player on the team. Yeah, but
3: 30 million bucks. Being the highest paid player and exorbitant money are two different things. He's
2: making exorbitant money. He's making 30 million dollars. Compared to what
3: Kyle Tucker's going to end up making if he leaves, that's exorbitant money to me. Long term, huge numbers average annual salary that's bigger than Bregman's, that's... I mean, it might be by a few million,
2: but I still look at that as exorbitant money in comparison. There's very few $30 million players. Bregman is one of them now. I mean, it's not an average annual value, but he's at the last two years of his $100 million deal, set to pay him $60 million over the two years. That's exorbitant. It's not a $300 million deal. Yes, he, he signed a five-year deal to buy out his arbitration years, and that's what they did with Christian Javier. That's what they did with... I mean, it's what they did with Jordan. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it with Kyle Tucker. It's going to take much, much more than that, but it obviously will be way less than open market money. That's what they're going to try to avoid. Yes. I think they'll succeed with Framber. Uh, I think there's a reasonable chance if you have... I mean, basically, you're talking about can Dana Brown do what nobody thought James Click could do? And I don't know the answer yet, but publicly, he certainly is talking like that's his intention. His intention is to... Tell Jim Crane to listen to him. Mm-hmm. James Click's intention was to listen to Jim. John Morosi, in the last
3: few minutes, has tweeted the following. And this is going to be one of those, your, this is your favorite type of media tweet. Astros GM Dana Brown said he has discussed long term contracts with the agents for Kyle Tucker and Framber Valdez in recent weeks. This is where you say, no kidding.
2: No, it isn't at all. Because Dana Brown met with the media today, and he said all that out loud into everybody's microphone about four and a half hours ago. So why is John Morosi just now tweeting that? Maybe he ate a long lunch. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't eat a long lunch. This isn't. Yeah, we already know this. although it's a big nothing. I, I've heard bird. him. I've watched him say it. He decided again. This is very. This is also very different. James Click would never say this publicly. Apparently, he never did. And so, that's why
3: I didn't bring him back. Signed, so, Jim Crane.
2: Again, It's I don't think this is an internal discussion. This is just what Dana Brown feels like doing. He's never been a GM before, neither a James Click, for that matter, neither a Jeff Luno. And they've all dealt with the media differently. Uh, the way that it was between the media and James Click here, both locally and nationally, was as tight-lipped as ever about stuff that had no reason to be tight-lipped about. There's all sorts of stuff that could have made it a much more helpful relationship for both sides because there's no downside for the team, it's only a downside for the fans and the media. Uh and Dana Brown is, you know, 2 weeks in, has taken a different opening path. He's talking He's saying what he... I mean, it might not be true. He might be putting it out there. I don't know what benefit there is if it's not true. So I don't know why he'd be out there lying about it. Unless, I mean, a cashman would do that. Hey, here's what we offered Arson, and he didn't want to take it. So it's on him now to go out and hit 62 home runs or more and tell Roger Maris he can come back out to the ballpark and enjoy the ride. But then Judge did do that, and they had to pay him. I don't think the Astros are trying to make... Valdez or Javier at the time or Tucker now look bad by being the side that wouldn't make it happen. He's trying to say they're going to do what they can. That could be perceived as a it's not our fault. We tried. You ready for a super hot take? I'm always ready for a super hot take. If the
3: Astros extend Kyle Tucker like at some point before spring training or even in the early stages of the season, I'm guaranteeing they go back to back. It's going to galvanize the team that much because it's not Astros like, it's not Jim Crane like, and it would absolutely depart from the norm of what the, the way they've gone about business, even as recently as last year with Carlos Correa. And by the way, we've never really asked this question: Is that the real reason? I mean, I know Jeremy Pena was there, but the Astros bring Carlos Correa back if Jeremy Pena is not in waiting, right? Uh, Or did they know these health issues were going to crop? But like, that's why I bring this up, because Kyle Tucker, is. there's no indication whatsoever that he's not going to be an amazing baseball player for the next 15 to 20 years.
2: You said Pena?
3: Jeremy, uh, did I say Jeremy Pena? I'm
2: trying to, maybe, I I couldn't tell if you said Correa or not. That might be my bad. I'm talking about Tucker. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, he's never had any significant, I'm trying to follow along here. I don't think there's any real reason for that. Correa had health issues, but they also had Jeremy Pena in waiting. Right, but that's a humongous leap. Humongous. Which is? He's never played it. He's never seen a single major league pitch. That's a huge leap of faith. We're going to let him walk because we have this guy. Who? You don't have anybody. He's never even played before. The World
3: Series MVP. Yeah,
2: now. Well, maybe they knew that before you did. Nobody knew that. Yeah, they knew Jeremy it. didn't know they that. Aaronimo did didn't know that. They, they didn't all knew, it knew it it. his mom. They all knew or his it. family. They told me or his girlfriend.
3: They didn't tell you, and they told me. It, it, it is the leap. But they you want to saying about to Kyle take. Tucker? He's got like there's nothing like that, and he's not injury prone. He's not this. He's not that. And he's younger than yeah, any of yeah, these that guys. Would the way I would about. put it?
2: Look at this Astros roster: Springer, Correa, Bregman, Altuve, Tucker, Alvarez. Pick one guy out that stands above all the others. You'd probably have to pick two.
3: Because it's Alvarez and Tucker.
2: No, Tucker and Altuve. There's never been a. Oh, a. I'm, I'm kind of concerned about this moving forward. I didn't know you were. There's I you were talking nothing about like. Well, if you'd let me finish, then future. you'd hear what I was, I was going for. No, I'm just doing what you do, man. I'm just <laughs> yeah, doing it. I think those two players would stand in a, in a group by themselves. Like even the long-term deal for Alvarez, you have some concerns, but it's so team-friendly that if he, if Dusty tells us his hands are hurting, then we're maybe not going to be so concerned. But we don't have anything like that with Tucker. He's he's missed games for non-COVID illnesses. He's missed games here and there. But needing six weeks off, needing to recover from surgery, blowing out a shoulder or a knee, those things aren't part of what his major league and minor league career have been about. So those concerns aren't there. And to that, that's comparable to Altuve. I don't think anybody, even at the time, my gosh, I know he just won the MVP, but the ability to go out there and pop the ball over the fence like he has, to contribute in the ways that he has, and it was interesting hearing Dana right then say, you know, I think he's got more in the tank. Well, I, w- I would hope so. He's not 40. I mean, Altuve's still one of the two best second basemen in the AL, at least, if at not least. the best. So I, I think the-, the tank has plenty in it, even with his mini slump in the playoffs that lasted the whole playoffs.
3: I need him to hit a home run in the uh, playoffs before I can think he's really back. Air quotes are being used. Thick sarcasm. Everything is being used here. Hope you guys know that. All right. Uh, When we come back, our signature segment is going to be What's Up With That? We also have U of H Memphis tickets to give away this hour. So keep it right here on the A-Team Sports Talk 790. And I'm going to tell you where I went today. I go every single Thursday Thursday unless something kind of deviates from the norm as far as my schedule goes. But for the most part, I'm going to be at that Heights location of Men's Tea Clinic each and every Thursday, getting myself where I need to be for the rest of the week. Make that visit every single Thursday because I know that if I don't, I'm going to get back to where I was before I started going to Men's Tea Clinic. And if you want to get back to being you and not have to deal with the physically, emotionally, mentally draining existence that is having low testosterone, well, men'stclinic.com is the place to go. Regain that lost energy. Regain that drive, that focus, that mood. Yeah, your mood could be uh, perpetually bad because you have low testosterone. It's actually true. It affects so many things other than just the bedroom, which is what everybody thinks about first, and that's definitely a concern, but you can do it. thousands of Houston area men have done With the Men's Health Pros and Total Wellness Optimization Team over at Men's T-Clinic. Five Houston area locations, all of them with teams like that, that can uh, quickly, safely, and effectively... Optimize your testosterone level with replacement therapy and so much more. And again, it's not just sexual wellness, weight loss, muscle mass, hair vitality, so many other things on the list that if you get your testosterone levels right, those are going to fall into place as well. The Heights, where I go, Cypress, Pearland, Pasadena, and Spring, all with flexible appointment times and cash and insurance options, making it easy to get in, get out, and get back to being you. Go to their website, start the journey back to being you at mensteeclinic.com. That's mensteeclinic.com. Where,
2: where am I? A new signature segment called. What's up with that? what's up with that? Ooh, what's up with that? What's up? I say, what's up? signature segment time what's up with that here on a thursday we just got done talking about the great great dana brown one extension the guy's great what a job he's doing he is in west palm beach the ballpark of the palm beaches preparing for his first spring training as a GM and, of course, as a GM here with the Houston Astros as they got started with pitchers and catchers today. A couple days out from the rest of the team reporting, although many of them are already there. And while Kyle Tucker was not necessarily among those, he's pretty much there. He basically lives there down in FLA. It's a very easy trip for him, so I'm sure he liked 99% of the position players. Will be there long before their reporting date on the 20th and then the first full squad workout uh, coming up the next day, next week on the 21st. But thinking about extensions and thinking about Kyle Tucker's position, the Astros had a bunch of players, eight of them, headed to arbitration or as arbitration eligible players. Uh, Five of them agreed to deals uh, before arbitration uh, that included uh, Framber Valdez. Uh, avoided arbitration with him the five others i should say and then you had christian javier and kyle tucker awaiting the possibility of reaching arbitration obviously Manuel no, christian javier did not because they agreed on a five-year 64 million dollar extension buying out his arbitration years and then extending him uh, a little bit beyond that at a really good price held that press conference today all smiles of course and then the Kyle Tucker situation. They did not agree to any contract. They did go to arbitration. And the first loss of the season for the Astros was winning. Winning an arbitration case against one of your best players is a loss. The Astros lost by winning. Uh, I don't know how badly they lost by saving $2.5 million. He asked for seven and a half. They offered five. There's no middle ground in an arbitration hearing. It's a you win or you win. And the Astros lost by winning. Now, according to Dana Brown today and the discussions they've had since then, no hard feelings, no drama. We'll move forward with attempting to find a massive contract common ground between us and Kyle Tucker. We can only take him at his word, and we hope that it's all true. But here's why... You don't go to arbitration. Really, you should try to avoid it with just about every player. Uh, they're on your team. Presumably, you like how they play baseball. But if you go to arbitration, you have to tell the arbitrator and everybody representing the player, even the player himself many times, exactly how much you hate them and how little you value them and how much you wish they were better. It doesn't seem like a good way to do business. The Astros and the Tucker side, that's 50% off. As in, they were off by 50%. He wanted five. He wanted them to tack on two and a half more million. That is a sizable difference. And we're talking about major uh, middle ground. So this is what happens when you go to arbitration with one of your best players. The Milwaukee Brewers did that with Corbin Burns. Uh, They were at odds over $750,000. He wanted $750,000 more than they offered and instead of avoiding arbitration and avoiding telling their ace, you suck, they decided to do just that. So when he got to camp with the Brewers, uh, this is what Corbin Burns said about the hearing he attended and everything that went along with it as he and the Brewers look forward to another great season together.
4: The hearing flew the night before. Um... I had the hearing all day Tuesday, um, spent Valentine's day on a plane, um, got home at, you know, 10, 11 o'clock and, and got to see my wife before she fell asleep. So that was kind of how the Valentine's day went. So that was, that was fun. But, um, yeah, like I say, you, you kind of find out your true value, um, you think you, you work hard for seven years in the organization and five years with the, with the big league team. And, um, you get in there and basically they, they value you much different than what you thought you you contributed to the organization. Um, and it's just, you know, it's obviously it's tough to hear, it's tough to take, but, you know, they're trying to do what they can to win a hearing. Um, but I think there was obviously other ways that they, they could have gone about it. Um, and, um, probably been a little more respectful with the, with the way they went about it. But, um, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, here we are. Um, you know, they—they they obviously they won it, um, but it, it, when it came down to to winning or losing the hearing, it was, it was more than that for me.
2: Does it sound like they won it to you? That is a massive L, Dude,
3: huge L. If I'm an Astros fan hearing that, this is my reaction. <clears throat> ah!
2: That sounds terrible. So the reporters ask the obvious follow-up question. They heard him say, I wish they would not have done some of the things they'd done. Uh, there were w- uh, better ways to go about it. You know, they ruined my Valentine's Day since I was flying and out all day. But I did catch my wife before she fell asleep. So that was and cool. And you
3: find out what your true value is
2: after working hard for this organization. So Come as on, that follow-up Astros. question, is it is there bad blood? Is it hard not to have hard feelings about this? and?" Here's where he really drives home the I can't wait to put on this uniform for the last time.
4: Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's no denying that the relationship is definitely definitely hurt from um, you know what what perspired over the last couple of weeks. Transpired. Um, yeah, there's there, there's really no way of getting around that. Um, obviously, we're, we're we're professionals and we're going to go out there and, and do our job and I and mean, keep doing what I can every five, every fifth day that I go out there. But um, you know, when some of the things that are said that. Um, you know, for instance, basically, basically put me in the forefront of the reason why we didn't make the postseason last year. I mean, that's something that probably doesn't need to be said. You know, we can go go about a hearing without having to do that. Um, so that's kind of one of those things that, you know, obviously, you know, they, there was no attacking of, of character, of you know, person of who I was, but um, just the just the some of the stuff that was said that you know definitely didn't need to be um, said is, is is something that I you know, think kind of disappointed everyone. Jeez, that's ugly.
2: So something along the lines of you, our ace, are among the reasons or the driving force behind our end of the season, our non-postseason, our quick exit, our out-of-the-race-ness. That seems like a bad thing to do as you enter the last year or years of someone's contractual obligations to you.
3: Come on, Astros. Don't let it get to this. With Kyle
6: Tucker.
2: You don't know how uh, how other teams deal with it. We know how that particular team, without super specifics, we know how they dealt with Corbin Burns. I mean, they have an awesome pitching staff, and he's a huge part of it. If they're going to win the Central or qualify for the playoffs in the National League, he's probably a big reason why. Apparently, it was a big reason why they didn't last year. (laughs) His 294 ERA was pathetic, and he fell apart at the end of the season, even though that's not really true. But that's apparently what they told him in the hearing as he was preparing for spring training, which was basically days away. It's easy to avoid. That's one way to go. And and again, in the Astros and Tucker's case, mm-hmm. I would have liked them to get together and say, Okay, fine. Here's six point one million. Here's six point seven million. What can we do to avoid arbitration? I mean, in the Brewer's case, they're just stupid. It's a multi billion dollar corporation with a hundred thousand plus dollar payroll and you're keeping $750,000 for one year from your ace or one of your aces, it just seems like a bad way to do business. So it's not identical. That wasn't the Astros versus Kyle Tucker to a T, but it goes back to the root of the simplest form of the problem. Avoid the problem. Don't go to arbitration. Don't tell your player he sucks to his face. He doesn't like it. I don't
3: think the Astros are going to tell Kyle Tucker he sucks, by the way. I don't think that's going to happen.
2: Um, uh, Your Honor, we'll pretend the arbiter is a judge, a real judge. Your Honor, uh, let the record show that uh, Kyle Tucker slammed his bat down more than any of his other teammates throughout the season. He's unsure, of, so unsure of himself at the plate, he will wear a glove one at bat, then he won't the next at bat. He'll pretend like the dirt softens his hands. We don't know what he's doing up there, and it's pretty clear he doesn't, even wear he gloves. Does, he doesn't either. So <laughs> I don't know how you could see your way clear to giving him that two and a half extra million dollars. But, hey, man, make your own decision. Didn't yeah. even steal 30 bases this year. I rest my case.
3: we Are going to devalue the amount of bases stolen now that the base is three inches bigger? Yeah, we will. I will. You will, especially. Mm -hmm. All right, good to know. It is the A-team here on Sports Talk 790. Want to give away some U of H Memphis tickets?
2: Yeah, we will do that as we close out next segment. When we come back, we will uh, get you ready for that. So be listening 12 minutes from now. 12. And we'll get you set for U of H Memphis on the 19th. That is Sunday.
3: All right, I'm going to get you ready for that game and so many others and so many events in your life. With LASIK from Berkeley Eye Center. You want to embrace all the possibilities here in 2023? Well, they've got a question for you over at Berkeley Eye Center. How will you see this year in 2023? At Berkeley Eye Center, thousands of people are going to make this year the year they see freely, the year they look beyond traditional glasses and contacts, the year they say yes to world-class I design 2.0 LASIK. If you really want to see in 2023, they're also giving you $1,500 in savings. See more with their see in 23 video at their website, BECLASIK.com. That's BECLASIC.com. See the beautiful world around you naturally, clearly with Berkeley Eye Center by going to BECLASIK.com right now. It is the A-Team here on Sports Talk 790. Wex AC, Noah Fouts with you at the halfway point on a Thursday edition of the show. U of H Memphis tickets we will give away at the end of this segment. Um, On a scale of 1 to 10, how surprised were you when you saw that uh, Alvin Kamara was officially indicted for that nightclub incident? Because he went all season. Um... Yeah, he's not skating on it, obviously, but it was it was allowed to be on the back burner. Uh, but now the the off season has officially begun for him um, as the running back who is still one of the best in the game and a big part of what they do. Uh, the grand jury, mm. what? Not real good this year. It wasn't bad. I don't want him. <laughs> well, of course, you
2: don't. Now he just got indicted. He's okay. You didn't want him before. I mean, it's pretty hard to find running backs who can average four yards a carry, but he's one.
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to...
1: Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
5: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up
1: quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots dot com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
3: So, are you putting him in the same category as Ray Rice? I an unfortunate incident happens.
2: I, d- I don't know. i have to look way, way more into this. I, I tend to believe this was. I don't. I hate doing this. The comparison: whose punch was harder? I'm talking about his whose career situation was That's not worse. What I'm saying. No, no, he's way better than that. Ray okay. Rice was clearly done. I'm being hypercritical of a player who did not make the Pro Bowl for the first time in six seasons. Right, right. He's. I mean, and it goes a little bit with the team. Team worse. He was also worse. They're going to be fine, though. They're getting Derek Carr. Remember, I mean, they'll be the best team in the division if they have him. That's
3: not a very high bar. It's a playoff team. Well, every team is that wins the division. Um, like the fact that he's a bad dude. There is no other way around it. Like, if if what is talked about, and then the fact that he went and bragged about it after doing the beat, like it's he, he's he's talking about how hard he connected with the victim's jaw. Like he's a bad bad dude, and it kind of it sucks that. He was allowed to play this year if this is going on. Like, I know that you you have to be proven guilty in a court of law and all that stuff, but there's other, there's other athletes that were held out and nothing. Like, look at Trevor Bauer. You know, like, he's probably wondering, all right, well, how come Alvin Kamara got to play and
2: I didn't? Yeah, I sure hope he comes out publicly and says that. A lot of people will be with him on that. (laughs) Yeah, seriously, come on. Let Trevor play. Of course they wouldn't like that. Um, But, I mean, it's... I mean, you also have to... I mean, sometimes we believe in the somehow they got them to hold off on trying to get to the grand jury, trying to get to the indictment in deference to his athletic calendar. I mean, yes, that's literally, from a timing standpoint, what happened. But I don't know that that's why it happened. Yeah, no, their season's been over for how long now? A month. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I I think it just takes a little. They also were able to get the indictment, which means they did the necessary things, had the necessary information, and to have it successfully executed, basically. So that also takes time. The evidence gathering and the, the manner in which you put in your case to the grand jury. Like, Watson was not indicted. They did not believe in two counties they had enough to move forward with a grand jury indictment. And in this case, they did.
3: Yeah, I, um, and it, it's it's insane to think about the the fact that, even after he played this well, he played the entire season. He wasn't as good as as he had been, like you said. But he is one of the better ones in the NFL, and yet he plays that position where I just would absolutely like say he gets out of this. Say he's he. I'm using quotation skates in some way, shape, or form. Like doesn't serve really hard time or anything like that. Um, it just would not surprise me if his career just. That just seems like it happens with guys like this. And again it does it does matter what point in his career he's at but it it would all kind of go hand in hand if for whatever reason he escapes doing any sort of serious like jail time but then he's just an an afterthought considering he's a often used running back well his
2: NFL. contract will also be very very different than Ray Rice is he just converted or did a um a nice thing i guess you could say he and the team with how they Converted some of his money right before this season or during the offseason. He's under contract for the next three seasons. They can get out of it after the next two seasons with less of a hit. But they would be taking a massive hit this year. They'd be taking about a $10 million hit the following year. I don't think, I mean, maybe some team wants to trade for him. But uh, at this point in the off season, I think there's a lot of time before any team would be answering a call or making a call on acquiring Alvin Kamara. So the Saints might just decide, yeah, he's free to anybody who wants him because he's not going to play here anymore. He also hasn't been convicted.
3: I actually think that's what's going to happen in light of everything. And this this happened because they wouldn't let this guy go on an elevator that he was try, he was waiting alongside Kamara and three other guys, and he tried to get on the elevator. Kamara put his hand on the victim's chest to stop him from entering the elevator, and then after the victim pushed his hand off his chest. Mara shoves him before another suspect um, punched him and knocked him back against the wall, and the beating was on. Like it, it's it's basically as simple as that. I don't think they knew each other beforehand. It, it, it's I don't know, it just seems senseless. So yeah, I
2: mean, according to the lawsuit, if all those things are proven to be true, he's not going to quote unquote get away with this skate. But if they're not true, or if it's too impossible to prove it, then maybe he will. Uh, we told you we'd give you tickets to go see U of H and Memphis. So we will do that here through the use of a trivia question. It's 713-212-5790. Unfortunately, Memphis could prevent U of H from being the number one ranked team in the country when Monday's polls are released, or the voters could just do what they did to the Cougars a week ago and just decide, ah, we'll put them number one, even though they lost this week. Bama lost last night. Cougars are second. Bama's first. I don't know. Kind of seems like the number one team in the country will be U of H if they beat Memphis at the game you could be going to coming up on Sunday at Fertitta Center the last time Memphis was number one in the country was the 2007-2008 season best team in school history at least in terms of record which technically is now 0-1 because John Calipari is a cheater but they were actually 38-1 and when they went to the national title game in 2008 and lost who beat them? 713-212-5790, who beat Memphis in the 2008 NCAA title game to prevent them from finishing their season 39-1 and as national champions? 713-212-5790, you can go see Memphis play the best team in the country at Fertitta Center at 2 o'clock on Sunday if you got the answer for us.
3: Who beats Cushada as far as what they can bring to the table in over in Kinder, Louisiana. Nobody. That's the answer. They've got everything. They've got the Res Sports book inside the casino. The casino uh, floor itself is insanely huge. They've got two hotels. They've got restaurants. They've got everything you need. Oh, and by the way, they've got Cassati Pines Golf Course, which is the 18th best golf course in the U.S., according to Golf Advisor, and the number one golf course. In Louisiana, if you are all about golfing, maybe you're even just a casual, uh, you got to head over to Kushada and play Cassati Pines, see what it's all about, and uh, check out the championship tournament coming up on March 15th through the 18th as well.
2: Awesome stuff. Everything about the casino, top-notch. The golf course is no different. Uh, the resort itself, no different. The resort-style pools, the awesome Cajun cuisine, the gaming floor, the poker room, the res sportsbook, Awesome. And, of course, Kasati Pines, definitely where you want to be uh, as they get set for the Cushada Casino Championship coming up in March. Cushada Casino Resort is where you find them online. The information available for all that's going on at Cushada can be found right there for making your plans. Make it a weekend. Make it a full week at Cushada. I
3: didn't realize it was summer in February, Wex, did you?
2: I'm just enjoying it. As instructed to do by the liner, <laughs> I, I look on the bright side. It's not about whether I know it or not. I'm supposed to enjoy it, so I will. <laughs> it is the A-team here on Sports Talk 790.
3: Uh, congrats to Paul, who is the winner of those U of H tickets.
2: Way to go, Memphis free throw shooting! <laughs> Are we going out there, or does that did that idea die? We can. I mean. There are not many weekday games left. Can you set it up? Nah, probably not anymore. Why not? Uh, because there's not many weekday games left. So, let's pick one and go to it. Go ahead. No, I'm asking you to. And I'm saying no, and you're saying why. I'm trying to tell you. Mm-hmm. Right here on the air. Mm. As we plan our weekly vacation. It's not a
3: vacation. It's a show. That we would do it for, at the Fortita Center that I've never been to.
2: Yeah, that's a you problem.
3: It is a me problem. I'm trying to ask you to solve it. Right here on the air. Sports Talk 790. The A-Team continues as we uh, wrap up the 4 o'clock hour. Um, One other uh, running back situation. It's very different than Alvin Kamara's. Um, Zeke Elliott's done in Dallas, right? He
2: has to be. Well, he would have been if Tony Pollard didn't get hurt.
3: (sighs) Yeah, that's like his saving grace. But, like, in all seriousness, the... Uh, and Dove Kleiman tweeted this earlier. It's basically the the gist of it.
2: Yeah, the aggregator posted it. Okay. Like, somebody actually got to the agent, talked to the agent, probably wrote a story about it or tweeted about it, and Dove grabbed it without giving credit to anybody who did. I mean, I guess it could be him, but is it never is. there someone's
3: tweet that you'll be okay I been with I have able me to reading. find it.
2: <sighs> mm. It's just, like, he doesn't deserve credit for this. He didn't do anything. He reads Twitter. I could be wrong, but it doesn't seem that way. Why does it bother you so much? Why? Who cares? Uh, what difference see, does it make? In this instance, when I normally say nobody cares, I do care. You're the only one that does.
3: Like, the, the fact that his agent said this and Dove tweeted it and it's the one I found. The, how much does that matter? Like, 1% less than that?
2: Odds are his agent told... Somebody not named him.
3: Ah, well, as soon as I find out who that is, I'll read their tweet instead. But in the meantime, the agents of Zeke Elliott will figure out his value at the Combine. That's in quotes. And then decide if they'll accept a restructured contract to stay with Dallas, according to Adam Schefter. Oh, he did give credit. It's in the tweet. Anyways, if Zeke refuses to restructure uh, his contract, he'll be released. He's not going to restructure his contract, is he? Who's going to sign him for more money? That's the key. Um, And I hate to say it. It wouldn't be a bad signing here. I would never want him here. Why? A veteran who can spell the guy who's going to get most of the carries? Just don't need him. Who still has something left in the tank? Well, you do need another running back here.
2: Yeah, he's in college right now. He just graduated or decided to... And would, and would
3: be more affordable, for sure, from that standpoint.
2: I mean, to do what Zeke has done is absolutely remarkable and, quite honestly, might never be matched, ever. To begin your career averaging more than 100 yards per game and have a descending total every single year following that. Six straight years From 109 to 98 to 96 to 85 to 66 to 59 to 58 this past year. Right. Remarkable. I'm being serious while I'm being a (laughs) jerk-off. It's almost impossible to do that. Noah's face. Almost impossible Uh. to do that. And that's what he's accomplished while toting the rock at an awesome 3.8 yards per carry and becoming almost useless in the passing game. You want to hear me burn Zeke? Yeah. Damian Pierce was better in the past game for the Texans than Zeke was for the Cowboys this year.
3: Well, I didn't say I wanted him to come down here and start. I said Spell.
2: Yeah, I just... I, I know what you're... Do they want a veteran running back whose last name doesn't rhyme with Rex Burkhead? Yeah, probably. But just not likely to be. I, I don't know. I don't have any... I don't think he brings anything that you you can't get for less money or in a different veteran player. Now, you're in a better shape if Pierce isn't the guy because he got hurt or something happened and you have him to fall back on. And I bet you there's a lot of GMs that would tell me to go, you know, sit where you belong instead of telling us how to run the team. And that's why they might value him. I don't, but I'm not I'm not in charge. I think what you're saying would be something a lot of GMs would agree with, that that's if he's available and acceptable to his role then yeah, a, a player who I got to play this guy and give him the ball 18 to 20 times for the next three weeks while Damian Pierce is out, that's that's a pretty good fallback. That's a lot nicer than saying, hey, Royce, yeah, you on the practice squad, get up here, your turn, because that's what the Texans have done. They do need so much, though, in so many different positions. I
3: just, and you're right, it's probably going to come in, in the draft as far as the running back position goes, but... Like
2: restructuring his deal... Which runs through twenty twenty six. Why did they do
3: why did they is do this?
2: Something he and his agents are smartly considering and weighing against the option of hitting the market and what kind of guaranteed money he would get with a deal that obviously pays him less overall. But he knows that he's not getting all of this money. If he got all of the remaining money on his deal, that would be one thing. He might get all of the money he's due in twenty-three and maybe twenty-four. But you know, if Tony Pollard is capable. Then he's going to take over. It was a fairly significant injury, not one you can't recover from and not a reconstructive surgery, not an ACL recovery where you kind of feel like that player's at his best 18 months later, even though he played the following season. It's, it's an, I mean, there's a lot of different ways they, the Cowboys could look at it, but there's no way they want him back at the money he's making and at the hit he has against their cap, which this year, if they were to, Jettison him. He hit their cap at 11 million plus. Last year it was 30. So maybe they'll look at it like, well, it's not so bad now.
3: And you know what, though, too, and and he got a lot of grief from dumb people, by the way, at the time. You gotta give credit to Jerry... Well, you have to give credit to Jerry Jones pre-signing. He ended up making the mistake, but like, he, everybody was killing him because he was like, I don't know if I want to invest all this money in this guy. Like, the minute the pen went to paper. It it looks like it wasn't maybe not a bad deal, but it wasn't a great deal.
2: Well, they have an awesome line. They have talent all over the place and Dax in the backfield. Tony Pollard has no trouble running for 5 yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Zeke has trouble getting to 4.
3: Right. Now he did That's this, pretty alarming. He didn't the season prior to when he signed the deal, did he? I I, I don't recall him having like a drop off. I mean, I know you're talking about the overall trajectory but it wasn't like oh we shouldn't sign this guy because his production is completely dipped
2: let me just ask you this tell me when you think one of these is not the best in his career 322 rushes 1631 yards 15 rushing touchdowns 109 yards per game do you think all those are career highs mm, say yes. well i don't know say yes okay fine yes all career highs all during year number one next year's year eight
3: so what was, the, what was the year? He started
2: his career at 109 yards per game. Last year, he was at 58. Again, Jeez. less use, but he averaged 5.1 yards a carry as a rookie. He averaged 3.8 last year. The burst is bye-bye. Oh, yeah.
3: That's been the case. But I'm going back to, when did he
2: actually sign this? 2019? Prior to the 21 season. This would be year three of a six-year extension coming up. <sighs> Jerry knew this was going to be a bad deal. Yeah, but you're not paying. You you gave him a deal for three years. Is this you want to get out of it early, right. or do you want to get out of it after three years? Which is how the how the deal was constructed. It, it won't kill the team to get rid of him after three years of a six year deal because n- most NFL second contracts, especially for non quarterbacks, are mm-hmm. fake. It's not a six year deal. It's most a three year deal.
3: Contracts are yeah. fake. I mean, when overall, if,
2: yo, Laramie Tunsil signed a short term extension, three years. It's real. But when you sign a six-year extension, especially as a running back,
6: especially as
2: a running it's running back. very rarely you're not playing those six years for that amount of money.
3: It's I, at this point the way the NFL set up. I just draft a guy, then draft another, draft his replacement in a couple years.
2: We will shift gears to football. <laughs> it's the top of the next segment for football at five.
1: Adam Clanton and Adam Wexler are the A team. A. Some football it's five o'clock somewhere <laughs> uh, uh, two, uh. nothing baby it's five o'clock football Don't run that <laughs> over
4: here.
1: professional football in america is a special game
2: Much things to get to here in Football at Five, several of which we have not even approached topic-wise so far this afternoon. Another hour with us here on the A-Team. We'll start with the news that Tom Pellicero just tweeted out. Clint Kubiak hired by the San Francisco 49ers. So close. To a top role on Kyle Shanahan's offensive staff. Obviously, Bobby Slowick left for the Texans. It was reported over the weekend... Uh, Obviously now erroneously and admittedly by the person who reported it at the time, saying they misspoke or mistweeted uh, that the Texans were about to finalize a deal with Clint Kubiak to join their staff uh, in whatever capacity. It was not specific. Uh, He has been an OC uh, with the Vikings and now joins the Niners, presumably... As the offensive coordinator, again, not as the play caller, because I assume Kyle Shanahan would remain uh, doing that. But for a Shanahan to hire a second Kubiak, that would be a pretty big deal uh, to try to create some continuity for Brock or Trey, whomever will be running the offense on the field for this team. I say another Kubiak because last year, Clay Kubiak began his career with the Niners as an assistant quarterback's coach. Still have Brian Greasy there as the quarterback's coach, I would presume, for the upcoming season. I've not heard of any movement for him, and I've not heard that uh, Clay won't be back. So it could be double-barreled Kubiak's next year for the Niners. But uh, as we know, that means the Texans likely uh, will be looking elsewhere. Nick Casario was talking to the in-house media conglomerate yesterday, and he mentioned that basically the staff is complete. Uh The important positions, not to demean the others, but... We know what he's saying. It's okay. You're looking down on them. It's fine. Uh, in the hierarchy, you absolutely are. They're lowered a list on the list. They have a smaller office, and you get to push them around. And you think they're dumber? Verbally. No, they're just younger. They don't know as much yet. they got to be learned. Um, <laughs> but there are a couple of positions that aren't uh, filled yet for the Texans, but Clint Kubiak uh, will not be taking one of them if this report is accurate, and I'm sure that it is. There aren't very many uh I've been talking about who has been hired what the staff does look like and what other positions they are still considering uh, finding coaches for, and it's just not a very large list. It was reported by Aaron Wilson. Uh, among the coaches they are keeping is Jacques Césaire. Uh, their defensive line coach last year it was his first year in the organization last year after coming over from Buffalo, and uh, obviously that makes me believe that Matt Burke believes in what he can bring to the table to have him remain on staff. Uh, they do not have a cornerbacks coach, although they have a safeties coach, a defensive backs coach, um, and Corey Undlin, who has been a D.C. before, so I'm not sure if the spot kind of remains open, potentially, for Dino Vasso to remain. And there are some links to where he's been, what he's done in his coaching career, not only here in Houston, that could suggest that, that maybe that is still under consideration. Uh, no word on a running backs coach yet. Last year, the running back's coach was Danny Barrett. He's been there for several years, uh, was with the Bill O'Brien regime, and has maintained his spot through each of the last two coaches. And uh, I'm not sure if he will be retained either. Tight ends coach, I've not heard a name associated with that position. I would be shocked if their tight ends coach from last year, Tim Burbank, was retained. I thought he was a very unlikely and nicest way possible unworthy hire by lovey smith last year so i would be very surprised if he were back and no word on a wide receivers coach i think ben mcdaniels might actually make some sense to be retained on the staff has worked with quarterbacks here two years ago then worked with the wide receivers uh this past year college background at michigan and elsewhere obviously the son of a coach if you weren't aware that josh mcdaniels dad was a longtime coach well that's his brother so he has the same dad so he's the son of a coach And I do think there's a real chance that that is somebody that uh, D'Amico Ryans, Nick Casario, et cetera, uh, might still be interested in. One coach the Texans were interested last year in and this year was Jonathan Gannon. And after he went all the way to State Farm Stadium to play in the Super Bowl, he was told by his general manager he might as well just go ahead and stay after the Super Bowl so he could take an interview with the Arizona Cardinals right there on site. He was already there. Ended up staying over the next day and getting hired officially. Earlier this week, he held his press conference today. So one of the questions he was asked about the interest in him elsewhere, here specifically, and about the fact that uh, he had kind of told everybody, not to worry, Eagles fans, I'm not going anywhere. His literal words sounded like this. Or not. Man, the system's good. I love it. it. Sounds so effective. I'll just keep adding F1 until nothing happens. Uh, yeah, he told everybody on the field after the game, I'm not going anywhere. Right. I'm here to stay. So he was asked about that today. This is sound that I sent you. So if you could play that from your working computer, our listeners who are not nearly as frustrated as I am in their cars or on the iHeartRadio app can enjoy it to their fullest. Please do.
4: Yeah, good question. About When I made that comment, I wasn't going anywhere because um, <laughs> Houston went another direction. That's who I interviewed for, and I, I knew that they were going another direction, and that was the only interview that I had for this this cycle. So, um, you know, I was obviously fully engaged in the playoff run that we had, then to the Super Bowl, and then, like I said, how he approached me on uh on Sunday night after the game and said, hey, you're going to stay here, not flying back with us. You're going to interview for this for this job. So let me get this straight.
3: He interviewed with the Texans.
0: With the Lucky Lance Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: but when he interviewed with the Texans, he realized that they didn't want him, and so then he decided to stay? No. He interviewed with well, the your, your mic isn't on.
2: He interviewed with the Texans on the 14th, during the very, very early stages. This is the beginning of the interview process. Right, okay, okay. And he was the third coach to interview here, the day after his OC in Philly interviewed also. Uh, he made those comments coming off of the field two weeks later, on the 30th, after the Eagles won their game that... Sent them on to whatever their next game was. I think that was the Super Bowl, right? They played and lost the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he said that coming off the field, he's not. You know, I'm not going anywhere. And as he described there, between the 14th and the 30th, the Texans had met with other candidates, and they were D'Amico Ryan's sexier ladies, if you will. Yeah they they knew they knew where they were headed. They knew where their process was taking them, and according to gannon the texans had not named him head coach he was not hired yet it wasn't finalized they were still set to meet with they were the eagles had just knocked domico's team out of the playoffs Mm -hmm. so it hadn't been finalized we were unaware of where they were headed but the texans weren't the texans knew right domico kind of knew and gannon knew because he's inside Really? we're outside right he's inside he knew his own he had only interviewed one place uh, he had not interviewed with any of the other four teams that had openings at the time he made that comment. So I've only interviewed one place. Only one team sh- showed interest, requested uh, to speak with me. And again, the, the window for him closed and did not reopen until right then and there. So he didn't expect it at the time. Like he said, I, I'm done. The Texans have already told me, which I'm not telling you right now, that I'm not in their plan. So they made the decision for me. And so I'm I'm here. Nobody wants me this year that has an opening, so I'm going to coach the Eagles, we're going to go to the Super Bowl, I hope we win, and we'll see what happens next year. But then in the days that followed, I think he became aware with how the Arizona process was going and that they hadn't hired anybody, they hadn't even really kind of finalized their their choices, so to speak. Brian Flores had not taken a second interview. right? And again, he, he was aware seconds after, um, literally probably 10, 15, 30 minutes, an hour after the holding call on james bradbury howie roseman told him to stay don't get on that plane with us but but howie it's not my fault no 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 it's all good they, they want to interview you did you think i said we weren't going to no. what if he told me they wanted to interview and two days later he's their head coach
3: i wish more coaches did this after the fact like nick saban well at the time when i said i wasn't leaving lsu that was the case but they, then it they
2: sometimes try but in college coaching we know it's total junk in this like Totally believable. There'd be no reason for him to say that to the reporter on the field than the way he did. But to to him, there were five openings. I've interviewed one place. They've already told me they're going in another direction, hiring somebody else. That's going to be official, I'm sure, in a few days. And that's that. I'll go coach the game and we'll shut down Pat Mahomes because it's a rebuilding Chiefs team. (laughs) And we will have a Super Bowl in our back pocket. And I'll get to work off of that. Into next offseason.
3: Those lovable underdogs in Kansas City along with the Phillies. Just total underdogs.
2: Shocker to our listeners, you and Noah as well. I watched the press conference today. Uh He's really, like, I said it before the Texans that even made a decision or really even sat down with the eight that they interviewed. I don't know who's going to get fired first, and I don't know who's going to end up with the most success of of the five that got hired plus the three that they interviewed who will all become head coaches, I think. These guys are super impressive. D'Amico's impressive. Steichen, Johnson, are Steichen, Gannon, uh, and the, cause they're the newcomers. We know the least about them, I think are super impressive. We've already got opinions on Peyton and Frank Reich, and Frank Reich was not one of the coaches the Texans interviewed. But I mean, honestly, for all that I've said, if I were to rank how much I like what the teams did, I'd rank Reich last. And the newcomers and Sean Peyton in some yet to be determined order which I can deliver later if you want.
3: I would love that. And uh, we'll get to some other things later on, including giving away Jason Aldean tickets and a potential rule change in the NFL that's going to be very interesting if it does come to pass. But when we come back, it's In Case You Missed It here on The A-Team.
2: Time for In Case You Missed It. Let's see how Noah does today.
6: (laughs) Probably the same as every other day. I, uh, starting from the s- looks
2: of it, I'm I'm already ready to pounce. Okay, wow, you're, you're fired up. Yeah, I
6: am. All right, starting off with your boy here, uh, Coke Camels. signed a minor league deal with the hometown San Diego Padres.
2: At San Diego, I don't blame him, but I don't expect anything. I'm going to go over under ten major league innings this year. What would you like? I'll take the under. Under. I'll go over just to be different. I like it. Next.
6: Uh, The rest of the news is going to be NBA-related. Tari Eason will be replacing Jalen Green in the Rising Stars game. Suffered an injury last night. Rocket for a rocket.
2: Did I properly describe myself earlier today? When I self-glossed myself as kind of a jerk? Yes. I'm still here. According to the release, uh, Tari Eason will replace Detroit Pistons Center Jalen Duren on Team Yoakum in the 2023 Jordan Rising Stars. While Ayo Dasumu will replace Rockets guard Jalen Green on Team Darren. So essentially what he's saying, Noah, is suck it, you're wrong. Eason is a rising star. Jalen Green, who injured his hamstring, excuse me, groin last night, is not going to participate in the Rising Stars game. Very obvious from last night. You exit in the second quarter, late in the second quarter of the game, two days before the Rising Stars game. Mm Mm-hmm. He did not return to last night's game. They did not talk about the severity. He was expected he would have an MRI today. Where did
3: the rest of the Rockets. They didn't return to last night's game either.
2: Well, why would you? You're down 22 at the half and have
3: no firepower. They never showed up is why.
2: Well, they can't score. Like We talk about all these other problems that they have and kind of miss the biggest one. You're not going to beat anybody in this day and age. If you were here for the awesome first hour when I was also in attendance and being super nice, <laughs> the teams in the NBA score too many points for the Rockets. It's not even that their defense is poor. They don't score. They weren't playing bad basketball to start last night's game, but the league just kept getting bigger and bigger as they missed all their the, shots. The
3: 2018 Rockets would absolutely boat race the rest of the NBA this season because of what you're talking about.
2: Yeah, so Jalen Green did not return. I, I would expect this is, I mean, the timing of it is obviously quote-unquote good in that they don't have another game until the 24th, but I I Point five percent chance he's playing on the 24th. This is something you, no matter if it's mildest of mildest groin strains, you you really don't want to be out there unless it's 105% ready.
3: By the way, uh, before we go any further, and just to interrupt uh, Noah here, uh, Buster only breaking news, still has a punchable face.
2: He was just on TV. But no, this whole story should be focused on the somewhat upset Tari that he wasn't originally Named. They and
3: should be upset.
2: I mentioned it last night during the post game. I said, well, the likelihood of Jalen Green playing in two days in Utah is about zero. I think Tari Eason is probably the, next the in way line. And he Tari
3: is. Eason approaches the NBA game and, and this team this season, if the Rockets had more of that, they would not be the worst team in the NBA.
2: So keep this in mind.
3: And I'm not saying he's awesome.
2: There's only 21 NBA guys selected, now 23, for the Rising Stars game. Jalen Green, Tari Eason, Alperin Shingun, and Jabari Smith are four of those 23 mm-hmm. representing the worst team in the NBA. Yeah. That They're rising stars. That They're not stars. It equ- does not match. This is like when Deshaun Watson good. put up all those
3: numbers and they won four games. They're too good to be a 13-win team. All right, Noah, what else you
2: got? Um, Kevin, uh, 60-year-old Kevin Love and the Cleveland Cavaliers are finalizing a buyout. Kept him through Valentine's Day for the puns and now are letting him go. What else? Uh, Celtics coach Joe Mazzula is
6: no longer an interim head coach. He has the tag removed. He officially replaces Ime Udoka. He has earned the crap out of that.
2: Best team in the NBA. Seems appropriate.
6: But,
3: I mean, given what they went through this offseason, we always hear about this all the time. Uh, I don't know how they're going to recover. This is going to be a huge distraction. The Astros and the Celtics are like, so? If you're good, you're good.
2: What was the problem? What, what did they have to overcome? Same thing, both cases.
3: The, Outside distractions. The
2: person who sits on the dug bench out is not here anymore. <laughs> Guess who is still here? But the guys why, who bounce, throw, but, hit the ball. But
3: well, but in one case they're the reasons that guy isn't there. In right. the other case, yes. in, the in one guy, case
2: the Astros did things that got their manager fired. In the other case, the players didn't encourage their current coach to cheat not, on Nia Long. I assume, right? There's just no better way to say it. Uh what else do you have for hey, us? Hey, remember
6: when Joe Mazula got hired and Malika Andrews brought up a a battery case from 2009 when he was in college? Yeah,
3: I do remember that, but Malika Andrews is insignificant. In every way.
2: She doesn't work for the Celtics. They felt it was okay to promote him to interim coach and now promote him to head coach. She's an idiot. Irrelevant. Uh, last thing on in case you missed it, Joel
6: Embiid is unsure about the All-Star Game, saying, I haven't been I don't know when it is. and three.
3: I don't weeks. know how to get
2: there.
6: <laughs> he can't help himself. He's unsure in playing.
3: Oh. It's, game. It's, his,
2: it's his health, see. It's his health, you see. He did look like he was really struggling a couple nights ago. Struggling. Against... Uh, Houston team. No, he didn't. Oh, yeah, he didn't. You're right. He destroyed them, and (laughs) so did their former player. You got nine days off, potentially? He's... I totally get that. That makes a ton of sense for him and for them. And
3: by the way, and I thought this when Yao played in the game, I thought this when Dream played in the game. The NBA All-Star game is just not sexy for centers. Especially... He's like a unicorn now.
2: Right. He might have some fun, because he would... Stay out of the three point line and knock down some shots. Run with the team and get some throwdowns. But, but guards, yeah, you don't post up. They yeah, don't throw you the ball in the post, and you backing it in, backing it in, backing like the it in. Worst
3: all star player ever from this standpoint, aesthetics and everything we're talking
2: about. Tim Duncan. So, are you really saying that's all you have? For in case you missed it today, that's it. Well, yeah. You, most of the time,
6: y'all elaborate
2: a little more. so you just flew through them. So it's no, no, our fault. There's more to come. I know you got more. What else? I can take it from here if you want. Uh, the Cardinals released Vance Joseph. Okay. He's That's... a front r- or a candidate to return to the Broncos or sign with the Eagles. He was their defensive coordinator last year. They obviously <laughs> So Jonathan Gannon has made a very quick decision, although it seemed likely he was going to leave. Bird Gang. He was interviewed for their head coaching position and normally that means you're not in the running to stay when you don't get the job. Bird Gang. Uh but I did have one more that I'm really kind of shocked that you didn't mention. Mm. Currently, up,
4: gang?
2: there it is killing it on the course right now, tied for seventy seventh through twelve at plus one. Eldrick Tiger Woods. Well, the reason he didn't put
3: that on in case you missed it is because nobody cares anymore.
2: Tiger Woods coming back to play a tournament. That's People a correct
3: care. I see. I care.
2: Yeah, and no. we even mentioned it earlier this no, no, week. No. No. Remember, Tiger said he was rusty. Let me and clarify. now he's proving it.
3: Let me clarify. Nobody cares when he's at 77. If he's near the top, he's competing for the lead. Then they care again. It's he's day
2: one. He's competing to be asked to play on Saturday, right? Currently, he's
6: competing to make money. Uh, They're yeah, all competing thank God, to make money. It.
2: Better go get some.
6: No, uh, on the you other the side of things, don't
2: make money. AC, uh, JJ Watt's good buddy John Rahm six under 65 was in the lead much of the day. Max Homa, clubhouse leader seven under. So even
6: if I come in last, I get um, some money? <laughs> no, you have to make the cut. Uh, he's not listening.
2: Hey, 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 what are you doing, buddy? I'm your caddy, sir. <laughs> I'm your caddy, Mr. Mr. Madison? Mr. Mr. I called him Mr. Gilmore. Madison. I called him Mr. Ma- you know why? Yeah, Cuz it's the same movie. They it was I don't know if it was TNT or one of the other millions of cable channels I wish I didn't subscribe to. They were all on In Succession. Over the weekend. The same channel or in Just different channels? Two different channels. One's on at one time, one's on the other. And then throughout the night, they're on multiple more times. So I saw him punch Bob Barker. I saw him uh, kiss his teacher. I saw him hallucinate about a penguin. I saw him do all sorts of things that I got confused is on because they're all on together at the same time. Is there a
3: moment when Bob Barker
2: throws his club down in disgust and says, This guy sucks. I still can't believe in one of those two movies they had a principal who accidentally killed a guy by sitting on him because he used to be a wrestler. Sometimes that happens. That's why you got to have the... Good uh, good writing. Good (laughs) storyline.
3: Creative.
2: Eric is pregnant.
3: Great line from the film.
2: We'll come back and set you up with some Jason Aldean tickets. Name that tune style. So we'll set that up for you and come back. End of next segment. About 12 minutes from now with your chance to go to Rodeo Houston and see Jason Aldean.
3: But right now. We're going to set you up with a way to get rid of your joint pain and do so without surgery, without drugs, without downtime that comes with the surgery, and certainly without having to continue to take steroids or other medications. None of that is on the table when you're talking about QC kinetics and a pain free lifestyle is absolutely on the table when you call 713. 713- You're talking about a free consultation, a free second opinion, and basically just learning more about amazing natural biologic treatments that QC Kinetics is going to use to get rid of your joint pain.
2: The good news is so many of you have listened to what we've had to say and have recognized the opportunity to improve your life by giving QC Kinetics a call. The demand for QC's treatments strong, opening yet another clinic in Sugarland, expanding treatment capacity in the woodlands and the same in the heights with more locations on the way they want to make sure you get in and get yourself feeling like you you once did you know that life get it back Get rid of all that joint pain with the help of QC Kinetics, 713-913-5285. You call them, get set up with that free consultation. Do not need to put this off any longer. If you're dealing with arthritic pain, if you're dealing with pain from an injury or obviously joint pain, let them help restore and repair that damaged tissue in your joint. 713-913-5285. 713-913-5285 for QC Kinetics just a reminder about eight minutes from now if we hear from kermit the frog 45 for your pinstripe yankees joins Mm -hmm. us on the show uh we will give you a chance to go see jason aldean and the rodeo festivities that precede his show at rodeo houston coming up on the 6th of march uh, the Yankees, among the all teams in baseball that have reached camp and are preparing to dominate until they face Houston. Shohei Otani's Angels, same boat. Corbin Burns, Brewers, ditto. Obviously, the Yankees are at the lead of that pack. The last American League team the Astros played, not the the last American League team to beat the Astros. Whichever regular season game they lost to an AL team would be the answer to that question. Since nobody in the American League managed even a win against Houston last year in the postseason, Seattle and New York, who are... This is the best you have to offer, American League? This is likely the best two teams for the upcoming season as well. See if the Guardians are in the mix, or if anybody else, Blue Jays, Orioles, uh, Rays, the good teams in the East, if any of them are set to face the Astros in any kind of postseason situation. But we focus on Garrett Cole. I tweeted about Garrett Cole early this morning when I throwback thursday would my social media followers. My overloaded phone with pictures and videos that long should have been deleted were found earlier today.
3: Was that your way of getting rid of them? Did you delete them all after that video was released?
2: Absolutely not. Still there. 2018, trip to spring training, right after the Astros had won the World Series and said, hey, Garrett... Why don't you come out, join the program, see if we can get another one. Uh, So I had some pics and videos of Garrett and JV, Dallas and his beard, Lance McCullers, AJ, and a handful of others. Tweeted that out. Hit your TikTok with it, at Adam J. Wexler on all fronts. But Garrett Cole was actually throwing today and getting ready for the upcoming season. A series of questions were asked of him uh, today. He had some very, very entertaining answers, as usual. We like Eric Cole for his thoughtfulness. We oh, yeah. talked to him last year before his last start of the year, his only start that. against the Astros. I was nice, as were most of the reporters. Joel Sherman was trying to tell them him how bad they sucked. He technically had a good angle on that line of questioning for the zero wins they had in the series. But it was rather uncomfortable. So to him talking today, do you like his answer to this question? Because I think the reporter didn't realize that he made it so easy for him. Uh, listen to the uh, question and answer from Garrett uh, about their ability to win it all this upcoming season. Garrett, you said the biggest goal is to win a world
1: championship. Do you think this team is equipped to do so this year? Yeah. In what way?
4: Well, uh, in do you
1: feel like you've got
5: way?
2: all the components?
4: Yeah. I feel like yeah, I believe in our team.
2: Do you think you have enough to win the World Series this year? Yeah. In what way I think we have enough to win? I, in the way that I answered the question that you asked?
3: I mean, if he had said, do you think you'll win the World Series this year? Now that opens no, up he, a whole other can of worms. He asked him a
2: question that the, Garrett delivered on the obvious answer. Yeah. Like, they're one of the best teams in baseball. They have a ton of talent. They added a great pitcher. Yeah. And Arson is back. So, yeah, I, I think we can. They They were only eight wins away last year. From winning the World Series. When only,
3: the ALCS began.
2: Only eight wins away. Uh So, yeah. again, Garrett did nothing wrong with that. Kind of set him up for that question. Yeah, I had another question about uh his uh, home run total. Mm. I can't wait to hear this so I can statistically bury him for it. But he was asked about how you want to get better from one year to the next. Do you look at this? Do you look at that? Uh, the number of home runs you allowed. and And here's what Garrett said about that.
4: I thought it was a really strong season. You try to evaluate, you know, what you can, what you can do better, and um, sometimes there are things that are not quite as obvious as leading the league in home runs. But sometimes it's leading the league in home runs. So you got to be out there to pitch quite a bit if you're going to lead the league in home runs. So since the
2: reporter presented that as a way Garrett might want to improve this year, he commented on it. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, I look at that, and I would like to give up fewer home runs. But, yeah, you got to be out there quite a bit to give up that many home runs. So let's go to the numbers. He did pitch a lot this year. Let's be real. Yes. He pitched a ton of regular season innings for the Yankees. 200.2 innings.
4: 200.2.
2: Only one American League pitcher threw more than that. He got two more outs. 201.1 innings. He's an Astro, and he's awesome. His name's Framber. Mm-hmm. So you got to pitch a lot of innings to give up that many homers. Clearly, per Garrett, right? Garrett in those two hundred point two innings gave up thirty three bombs. In two thirds more innings, Framber gave up eleven bombs.
3: So basically, Garrett's full
2: of crap. <laughs> you know the For only Pete's sake. Who do you think was next closest in home runs allowed in the American League?
3: Justin. Verlander,
2: no man. He had a good year. Yeah, but he gave up a bunch of home runs, didn't he? Uh I'll give you a hint. If you were this person, you would have gotten whiplash in Game One of the Astros ALDS. Uh, um, that'd be Justin Verlander, Robbie Ray.
3: Well, Justin Verlander got whiplash too that game.
2: I mean, he gave a bunch of hits and runs and a, and a homer. Uh, I think he. That didn't makes get- you turn around a lot. Eh, Robbie Ray, he's the answer. Thirty-two bombs from Robbie, but he'll be back better than ever. All right, one last. Character. <laughs> cool. This was actually a good line. Probably use it all throughout the eternity. And I left the question in here. I believe it was Marley Rivera uh-huh. referencing his. not get enough of her season last year. You know, you said you, it was a great season or a good season, but you know kind of alluded to how the season ended was that tougher, left that part in, and here's what
4: Garrett said.
5: Did it hurt more, the way it ended?
4: Well, I mean, we got waxed, so you know, anytime you get waxed, it doesn't feel good, whether you're going <laughs> to the salon or you're on a baseball field. So. Did,
2: did you catch the end of that?
4: So we're going to have to hear it um, again, right, now. Yeah. You know, anytime you get waxed, it doesn't feel good. Whether you're going to the salon or you're on a baseball field. so.
2: <laughs> Media laughter. Um. And true, I would assume. You've I've never gotten anything waxed? Never. Not even a little? Not even a lot. Nothing? Not necessary. How hairy is your back? I don't need to get my back waxed or my front waxed. I didn't ask about your front.
3: Um, Yeah, so you know, um, um, I, uh, can I? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm.
2: I mean, what does it sound like when Garrett Cole goes to a salon and gets waxed? I think uh, it was this
3: really hurts.
2: More about the line, and I mean, he's probably—I mean, he's probably aware what takes place at the salon during a waxing. Mm. So I think that was more why he delivered it. Could you put some aloe vera on that? It really smarts. No, no need for any audio from the forty-year-old movie. He got waxed.
3: That's what I was thinking that he was going to play. But then I remembered that it's Noah, and he's probably never seen 40-year-old Virgin.
2: I mean, he does play for the hairless Yankees, so he maybe yeah. he's not aware. Yeah. So, <laughs> so Garrett is in a good mood getting camp started. Well, yeah.
3: Most of the Yankees are usually in a good mood in February. He, it's November that's kind of rough, or October, His I
2: guess. lack of facial hair has kind of stood out since he's become a Yankee. Yeah, because he has no chin. But the good news for him is is he's not Nestor and his mustache. And if you haven't seen Carlos Radon and his mustache, you can appreciate Garrett Cole not having a mustache.
3: Why are they allowed to have mustaches, but not the rest of the facial hair? You know what
2: they don't have? It's their training facility or New York. A calendar. Oh. They don't know it's 2023. They don't know it's long past the day for anything nonsensical like that.
3: Well, the, the obvious comparison that we both are very familiar with is television news. For the most part...
2: Unless you're Ron.
3: Well, that's different. The 70s are a completely different ball game for a number of things, especially when it comes to... having
2: have an absolutely breathtaking... Heine. Yeah, mean, mustaches are out. I want to be friends with it. People don't have them. They and when love, they do, they're quite noticeable.
3: I mean, they're so bad. They
0: Unless, are Stupid.
2: Unless you're like Magnum P.I. I I mean, Tom Selleck. You mean the, what was his name? What is he? The deputy whatever from Brazoria County? Tom Selleck?
3: Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. (laughs) How did we get Tom Selleck involved in the Deshaun Watson case?
2: Jason Aldean doesn't have a mustache, does he? Clean shaven? Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy uh, ball cap or cowboy hat most nights?
3: Trucker. I'd hat. go
2: cowboy hat. Okay. Well he'll be performing at the rodeo on March sixth, and we'd love for you to go see him after the events of Rodeo Houston that night. And the way to do that is to answer this simple trivia question in the form of a song. You don't have to sing it, you just have to name it. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety. We got a pair of tickets for you for that event coming up on March sixth at Rodeo Houston. If you can name this Jason Aldean Hit.
3: Daddy, sweet money jack it up. Daddy, sweet money it up. That's Garrett Cole singing a Jason Aldean song.
2: Uh, I'm gonna want to hear it again, real quick. Seven one three two one two five seven ninety, to make sure he hit on all of the necessary country music hit song staples. But nobody's drunk. Jacked up. Okay. On most truck. most of the. It was only a five second clip. There's it's much more. Not a regular
3: more, truck, it's a jacked
2: up much truck. Much more song. Just name it and enjoy the show. That's what's coming up for you if you can name that tune. We want to tell you about our good friends over at Ku a Casino Resort. Great, great place to enjoy all the games, wager on the games, and enjoy everything this particular resort has to offer. Not every place can say, yeah, we got the number one golf course in the state, but they can because that's Cassati Pines, the number one golf course in the state of Louisiana, uh, per golf advisor. And I always listen to my golf advisor. 18th best course in the United States. A course you'd love to play, so make your way on out there. The pros want to play it as well, and they'll get that opportunity when the uh, APT, the All-Pro Tour, plays Kusadi Pines uh, this coming month. March 15th through the 18th, the Kushada Casino Championship Tournament right there on site at Kushata in Kinder, Louisiana, At Cassati Pines. It's
3: described as a dynamic 18-hole par 72 championship layout with six sets of tees. Multiple approaches to three holes. GPS-enabled carts that track yardage and offer course tips to help plan each shot. And, of course, the novel 19th gambling hole. A par three island green that's perfect for tiebreakers and wagers. So basically, it's all right there, along with the casino itself, the res sports book inside. It's all in Kinder, Louisiana. It's all at Cushada.
6: It's
2: like a mystery getting to the title of this Jason Aldean song. So listen to what he's saying. She's a raging Cajun. She's a hot little number. He's telling me a lot about her, but I can't figure out exactly what she is. I bet you he's going to tell me, like he's leading me into this, right? Country. Got it. I know what she is. Why stop there? <laughs> country Noah? music. I mean, I really don't. I, I, there, are, it's really good. It is it rather predictable? Oh, but it is good. Country music. L- the lyrics.
3: Oh, so you're saying that all country songs are the
2: same? I mean, yeah, I am, which is, of course, a foolish thing to do, but wow. it's fun. Fun to do.
3: How offensive are you? Just stereotyping one segment
2: of the population. I mean, they're not really a population. They're, oh they, yeah, that's what they're entertainers. Population
3: of country singers.
2: Is that what you, the box you check? I guess when you're well, doing the, the box, census, it's
3: what it's the are box you? You check. You are a country singer. You're just one of those country singers. They're all the same.
2: Oh, we've been. I think it's good. I just kind of figured out where they were headed.
3: What if you said uh, all rappers are the same?
2: It's but their songs aren't necessarily leading you down immediately that path.
3: Offensive, isn't it?
2: Well, they don't sing the same. They don't. They're not getting they into that same voice. I mean, some songs are more unless they're melodies per- versus strict rhyming.
3: I was having this conversation with Noah before the show because he was listening to what I considered old school rap. Because now it is old school rap if it came out in the late nineties,
2: pre any Lils. Yes. Okay.
3: But very close, because Lil John was on the way. Got it. With Usher. Um, and he was like, oh, I love, I love DMX. Strong? I don't know, like, wow. You, you do know that his heyday was in the like the late 90s to early 2000s, correct? He's like, it doesn't matter. What was the exact uh, term you used? He slaps. I think that's what you
2: said. Yeah, he slaps. He slaps. Yeah, that's what the kids say. Begging for one of these two idiots in here to say, that's what the kids say. I thought it would be me. I don't even care
3: at this point. Oh, that's a banger. It slaps.
2: Is uh, that it? Is w- that pretty which, much? All right. A little help, Noah. Which one is better to say for real and which one is better to hear me say? That's a banger. Uh, slaps or that slaps is definitely. That slaps. Like I know in, for, in real world, in, in real life, those are totally normal things for people to say that aren't me. Yes. Which one would you prefer to hear me say more often?
6: Yeah, no, it's your it's your call here. I would go Slaps, personally. I will pick a moment. Oh, in, in, I have no doubt. In future
2: programs, where it fits, and drop it on you. Slaps? It's going to have to be appropriate. I don't know if it'll be tomorrow's Jason Aldean song, but I guess it could be. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go, why are you, come on, I, what's I, next?
3: Uh, Dean Blandino. Did you see what he said today?
2: What did the official on officials have to say?
3: The NFL competition committee might look to eliminate the tush push. That's what they call it. Uh, on quarterback sneaks. That was so effective for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles this season. Not just in the Super Bowl, although they did use it. Um, isn't that... I mean, I know it's called the tush push play. And it's we're talking about NFL. But famously, Reggie Bush... Was helped along.
2: They have different rules.
3: In the Notre Dame-USC game.
2: He did the helping. Leinert was helped along.
3: Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I've never understood how this was legal.
2: Well, I mean, think about it when it's not this literal. When you hand the ball off to Miles Sanders, he gets seven yards down the field and meets with a pile of players. And then the offensive linemen come crashing into him from behind and all of a sudden he got another eight yards. That's not illegal. This just is so formatically created to be nothing but that. That's the whole play, the mm-hmm. push. I mean, how do you differentiate one between, behind the other? And you can. And you can talk about certain formations that you can't have or certain things you can't do. And I'm sure they can write it up like that. Uh, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the play to begin with. Some teams have the right personnel. Starts up front. Next is the quarterback who's not under 6'3 and weighs less than 230, because that's about where Jalen Hurts is. He's one of the bigger quarterbacks in the league. Most, te- I mean, they can outlaw the play, but it's not going to affect 15, 20 teams. Bryce Young's never going to run this play. Ever. Davis Mills should never run this play. Maybe even Bryce Young he should, should run this play Jalen since Hurst's he's like size. a buck 50. Well, how's he going to get through everybody? He has to do some of the pushing. If you want to lift him up and throw him over the pile, I guess you could do that.
3: That's what they probably do. You only have to lift 180 pounds. Yeah, it's not
2: hard. No, I, I, I understand their need to look at it. I'm not so sure this is something that would pass unless you got a bunch of GM's owners, whoever they serves the competition committee, and thinks, well, currently it benefits a few teams, and we aren't one of them, so let's outlaw it. I don't think it would go like that. It benefited one of the Super Bowl contestants. Yeah, no question about it. So we'll see if it makes it to that stage. There's so many other things that I think are a bigger deal um, that they don't do anything about. Uh, fumbling through the end zone is one of them. How that's a touchback to the other team. I don't get I just, that at all. It doesn't make any sense anymore. We've evolved. We, we, Seems dangerous. Some rules are are no longer needed, and that is definitely one of them. That should definitely not be the way that plays. Uh, Astros fans, don't go anywhere. we got Astro line next. Uh, we have uh, Chaz McCormick and the three who would not be named a general manager. The three assistant GMs. The uh, company of Ball, Furcus, and Cook. Law Firm will be joining Kevin Eschenfelder, Steve Sparks, and Todd Callis on AstroLine, which comes your way at 6 o'clock, but not before I tell you about Classic Chevy Sugarland and Classic Chevy Highway 6. We're always telling you something rather important about uh, trying to find that new vehicle of your dreams, Classic Chevy Sugarland or Classic Chevy Highway 6. That very important detail is, well, it's inventory. They've got it. And more than anybody else, that's why we keep telling you about that. And they make sure to let us know about it so we can let you know about it. And it's just a part of finding that new vehicle. It cannot be done if they are not there. And it's one of the things you can see. Today, if you are out a classic Chevy Highway 6 or classic Chevy Sugarland, more vehicles coming on-site, Silverados to be uh, exact, uh, today. You really can relax and enjoy the difference at either location, and you always are going to be dealing with the GM dealer of the year now, 12 years in a row. Family-owned, family-operated, great people to do business with, Jeff and Tiffany Sebastian. That applies to us, both of us are driving vehicles from classic Chevy Sugarland or classic Chevy Highway 6 and you can do the same. Make sure when you head on out there, you tell them Adam Wexler sent you by. Good news. We get to do all this again tomorrow, beginning at 3 for Noah, for AC. Wex here, figuring out what uh, slappy music I'll be listening to next. But until then...
3: This is a banger.
2: We'll we'll just have DMX play us out.
3: Uh, How's my DMX impression?